It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hi, friends. Like I said, thanks for coming. Um, tonight, like I mentioned, I was thinking about just reviewing the last four calls that I had so I can kind of go, just kind of skim through them, um, hopefully in, in some fine detail, you know, not not uh, talking too much, but mostly what I, what I think is important is if I, I pull up just some scriptures instead of talking too much, um, and then um, just, you know, state what, what God's Word says, you know, what, what comes from the Bible, and, and um, try not to, to get off track myself. Um, the, I'll just go over the, the four subjects that we talked about in the last four calls were um, you can live forever in a paradise on earth, that was uh, one of the first calls. And the second one was um, an enemy. There's an enemy of everlasting life, you know, that's bringing us down and, and putting a roadblock in front of us and things like that. It's making it very difficult for us at times. And uh, the third one was um, what happens at death? What happens when we die? And the fourth one, um, you've got to find it here now. I've got to think, well, what happens at death? And the fourth one was, yeah, what kind of place is hell? A lot of controversy with that one. What kind of place is hell? So with um, the opportunity to, to live here on the earth, you know, when you when you think about it, when you look around the earth, and you see how beautiful, you know, it is, and, and all creation, how wonderful and fantastic it is. And you look out into the heavens and you just see the, 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 the wonderful works that are going on in the heavens, you know. It's just phenomenal. It's just way beyond us. Um, it's very difficult for us to comprehend because um, there is a scripture also in the Bible that says um, we, we cannot comprehend God's ways. He didn't create us to comprehend and understand him totally. You know, we are just not made, you know, that we can totally comprehend him. Who can really know God? You know, who can really know our creator? Who who really knows, uh, you know, why we're here, what his purpose is for us, what's going to happen in the future? We don't know. You know, and the Bible says that, that we cannot truly comprehend God. So, you know, we have to, you know, humble ourselves and think, well, you know, we really don't know. And um, when you think of how beautiful the earth is and how uh, beautifully made we are, you know, and you think about the human body, the, the human mind, you know, uh, how, we, how we work, how we're put together, you know, how we heal ourselves. If we weren't in this state 
promise, you know, this, what I like to call, to help people comprehend it. I, I, I call it a disease. You know, sin is like a disease. It's something that we can't cure, we can't fix, we can't heal. And if it wasn't for that, you know, if we weren't in this this sinful state, you know, when you think about it, we could live on and on and on if we weren't doomed to die, you know. When you think about the earth, like there's many, many animals that outlive uh, humans. Uh, turtles, I think, can live for hundreds of years. Trees, there's trees that live for thousands of years. And there's, you know, there's so much more that we don't even know that goes on in our world that uh, it just, and it continues to go on and on and on despite, despite the punishment that, that we've put it through, you know, the how we've, you know, we're ruining the earth. Like the Bible says, God says, you know, he will destroy those that are ruining the earth. You know, and do not want to, you know, fix it up and clean it up and take care of it and stuff. These are the, the men and women that will not be a part of of his purpose because they continue and they don't care. They continue to ruin the earth. So, you know, when you look at the earth and you you look at us as, at, as humans and, and, you know, you even look at creation, just the creation itself, it's meant to go on and on and on. You know, when you look past what we're doing to it, it's meant to go on. Um, like I say, despite what man's doing to the earth, men and women are doing to the earth, it's struggling to survive. You know, if it was left alone, you know, without us, you know, destroying it, it would repair itself and it would continue. And that's what God says that will ha- will happen. You know, we're we're here for a reason. There's a specific reason that all this is happening. And we've got to get past the stage that we're at and, and look a little bit deeper into God's purpose, in, into into God's words in the Bible, and see what the Bible says, you know, and, and, and dig deep into it. And we All the answers are there, you know, at, at least what we need. You know, all the answers that we need are there. Anything beyond that, we obviously don't need it right now. Like we, Like I said, we can't comprehend God. Um, you know, he's, you know, we can't see him and we never will see him to the best of my knowledge because the Bible says that no man can see God and yet live. So it's like looking at the sun. If we can't look directly into the sun without it damaging our eyes, then how much more powerful is God? So since he created all these things, he's much more powerful than just our sun. So if we can't even look at the sun, then we can't expect to be able to see God and yet live. So we can't comprehend him. So we have to, we have to look into the Bible and and dig out what's there and look into our hearts and and um, you know become one on one with him in spirit. You know, like you know, praying, pray to him and and get to know him that way. That that's the way that he told us to to get to know him by studying his word, the Bible, and um, and. Uh, you know, getting to know him through the Bible and through prayer and through that type of connection. Anyway, um, what I'm going to do is just try to go through a, a, a few scriptures again that will reinforce what I've been saying. 
nice because it just kind of verifies that the earth was given to us, you know, like it's our home. So in Psalms chapter 115, verse 16, it says, As regards to the heavens, to God the heavens belong, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. As we know in the beginning, when he when he created Adam and Eve, he told he gave them direction and things like that. He told them he said, uh, you know, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and um, name the animals. And these were things like small directions that he that he told them to do to be happy. He supplied us with everything we need for food, and we were just to enjoy life and 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 with him as as our creator as our father. So he had given the earth to us. He created us just for the making. No, no specific reason. Hi, guest three. Thanks for coming. We're just doing a review of the last four calls. And uh, this one that we're talking about right now is we have the opportunity to live forever on the earth is the hope that the Bible gives us. You know, many of us, when we, we start learning about God, we believe we go to heaven or we go to hell. But there's not a lot of mention. Not a lot of mention of what's going to happen with the earth. You know, uh, when you study the Bible or you hear, you know, you listen to a lot of religions, they never talk about the earth, what's going to happen here. So what we're doing is going over some of the scriptures that talk about what's going to happen here on the earth. And we can be a part of it. And it was put here for a reason. And um, God's purpose will not go without being fulfilled. There's a scripture, if I come across it, I'll show you that one. It says, God's purpose will be fulfilled. His words will not go back to him without results. We, This is our, our home. Um, he made it for us. He created us just for the making, something to do, you know. And, and he's, he's love. As we can, you know, we look around the earth, despite what man's done, Outside of the damage that man's done, the earth is, is a beautiful place. So much to see, so much to do. Um, I'll just um, keep plugging along here and keep finding some scriptures and try and not get sidetracked. <clears throat> Excuse me. In Isaiah, I've got Isaiah 45, Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. I should be typing these up, but usually my lady friend Janine's here and she's putting them up. But I'm just going to say them, and if anybody wants to put them in, that's great, super. But uh, anybody that's listening to the call, then, um, you know, they can look them up as I speak them because I don't want to waste too much time because a lot of information here. So Isaiah chapter 45, or 40, yeah, 45, verse 18. It says, for this is what God has said, the creator of the heavens. He, the true God, the former of the earth and the maker of it. He, the one who firmly established it, who did not create it simply for nothing, who formed it even to be inhabited. I am God and there is no one else. So he did not create it simply for nothing. He formed it to be inhabited. Now, um, 
I've got a cross-reference here. I'm not sure what it says, but it's in Isaiah 65, verse 17. Isaiah 65, verse 17. This one says here, talking about the future, our future, okay? For here I am creating a new heavens and a new earth. And the former things will not be called to mind. Neither will they come up into the heart. So I presume. Good morning. Good evening, Janine. Yes, good evening, Janine. Good morning to you, lady. Thanks for coming. The topic, uh, what we're, I'm going to do today, Janine, I've... I've um, I believe I, I, I'm a little more rested up. I've, I've backed off some of the shows and stuff like that, so I, I believe I'm, I'm not so anxious, not so tired. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm in better condition than I have been in some of these shows. Because some of my friends have told me, "Oh, Sonia, you, you know, you sound like you're on something. It's just so wiped." But anyway, what we're talking about tonight, Janine, is what I thought I would do is go over the last four subjects, the last four calls. And um, just kind of skim over them and try to to just use the scriptures the, the most that I can. And um, I know I've been doing more more talking than using scriptures, but that's what happens with me. So what I'm going to do is just kind of go over scriptures. And um, I'm not going to pull up a lot of other ones, Janine. If someone wants to pull up references, you know, from other Bibles or whatever, they can. Uh, we can stop for them to do that. If anybody says, well, I want to... I want to know what it says in the Holy Bible, the King James Version or this version or whatever. We can go there. But I, I think the, the friends that have been here, that have been here before, know that um, the scriptures that I'm reading are, you know, basically the same as the King James Version or whatever other versions. So I'm just going to try and keep it really simple um, because I think pulling up too many scriptures, I've, I've had friends tell me that it can be kind of confusing. So I'm going to just kind of really keep it a little more simpler if I can, unless someone else wants to do something. So what I'm uh, reading right now is a little bit about the earth, Janine, you know, that we can live forever on the earth in the paradise it was meant to be. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, keeping it simple. If that's possible, I don't know. I can make things pretty complicated sometimes without even trying. So what we're talking about right at the moment is is being able to live here forever on the earth the way it was meant to be, the the way the scriptures talk about it anyway, the way God's word talks about it anyway. So the the last scripture that I just read here says, For here I am creating a new heavens and a new earth, and the former things will not be called to mind, neither will they come up into the heart. So after a, a certain period of time, I don't know what it is, but... When when God brings um, his his angels and through Jesus the destruction upon this wicked system, and we like move over now into the next day or whatever you know however it's going to happen, um, after a while these things will be a thing of the past. It's, it says here in the scripture they will not even come up into the heart. All this terrible life that we've been living, you know, in the, in this world and the things that we've been going through will not even come up into our heart anymore. It's going to be so peaceful. It's going to be exquisitely peaceful. 
that these things will not even come up into the mind, the Bible says here. The former things will not be called to mind, neither will they come up into the heart. It's going to be gone, you know, absolutely, totally gone, deleted, deleted out of our mind and deleted out of our hearts. So in the meantime, you know, we just keep studying and, and um, you know, learning about God. And, but doesn't God work through us? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 he does. But, I mean, this is, this is talking about in the, what I what I call, and, and, the, and I've seen it in the Bible too, Janine, this is what it's going to be like in the new system, okay, in the new system. Like, say, God's war came today tomorrow, whenever, whenever these things will not be called to mind anymore, all this wickedness that we're going through now, it will not be called to mind in the new system, in the future, in God's new order. Does that make sense, Janine? It says in in, uh, Isaiah, what we're reading here, Isaiah 65, verse 17, it says, for here I am creating a new heaven's and a new earth. See? So this is in the new system, the new order, God's new order. Things, these past things will not be called to mind anymore. Yeah, Isaiah 65, verse 17. Now, um, since we're focusing on this one, I will... Um, open my King James version that I have, and I'll read it from there too, just to clarify. You know that it's basically the same. You know, without the these thousand thuses, no pun intended. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. That's the King James Version. It shall not be remembered, nor will it come into mind. That's how peaceful, that's how loving our Creator is. We will not remember these things. You know, we might remember, you know, good things. I don't know. But it says the former things will not be called to mind. So, you know, I, I presume and, you know, it just makes sense that all these evil things and bad things that we've went through will be taken away from our hearts. If we're going to be, you know, full of love and happiness and peace, it would only make sense that God would take all the badness and sadness There's many scriptures that say, you know, he will wipe out all the tears from your eyes. There'll be no more sadness, no more. You know, if we lose loved ones, which we, we we, you know, we probably will lose some that we love because it was their choice, you know, if we make it, you know, if we make it. So we'll lose loved ones, but that hurt will, will not be in our heart anymore. You know, we'll have a brothers and sisters throughout the whole earth that we love and we'll be we'll be just uh so overwhelmed with the peace and the, and the love that uh, there will be no room for badness and sadness in our hearts like the bible says they these former things will not be called to mind anymore it'll be just beautiful peace uh in psalms i think it's 37 
37 and 11. That's one of my favorites. I think I've got that scripture right, Psalms 37 and 11. It says that we will find uh, exquisite delight in the abundance of peace. Maybe look that one up just to be sure. Psalms 37 and 11. But the meek ones themselves will possess the earth, and they will indeed find their exquisite delight in the abundance of peace. That's pretty, pretty simple, pretty easy to understand, eh? You know, and then I, I, like I've said before, I've got my Bible all worked. I underline things, and if uh, you just pop over and in verse 29 of chapter 37, um, this is all about, 37 is all about the righteous are to possess the earth. Psalms 37 and is, is a nice one to, to read, that whole thing, that whole chapter, because it talks about, in, in verse 9, it says, for the evildoers themselves will be cut off but those hoping in God are the ones that will possess the earth. And just a little while longer, and the wicked one will be no more. And you will certainly give attention to his place, but he won't be there. You know, like it's it's almost like, you know, we're going to kind of maybe for a while, maybe, you know, expect it to be there and it's not going to be there. You know, it's going to take us time to be reformed and change and stuff like that, just like a, a seed in the ground. God doesn't do everything like snap, snap, snap. It's it's a gradual thing, and it's going to take us time to to you know to grow, to to learn more about God. There's going to be a whole new education system. There's going to be new scrolls opened up, like maybe a new Bible, you know. But there's going to be a it's going to be a whole new education system. Thanks, Janine. The righteous, glad it doesn't say religious. The righteous themselves inherit the earth. <laughs> religious, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that, that whole chapter of, of uh, Psalms 37 is really interesting. There's that, that really talks about the earth. That's a nice one to go to if you really want to show someone that we are going to live here on the earth. Okay, that that's this is a good one for that. Um <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Like I said in in uh, verse 29, it says the righteous themselves will possess the earth and they will reside forever upon it. That's in verse 29. And then down in 34, it says, and he will exalt you to take possession of the earth. When the wicked ones are cut off, you will see it. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be here, God willing, you know. A new earth, it may not be the earth that is here now. Okay, good point, Janine. But when you think about it, why would he create another earth? Like a different earth, another earth. What? There's nothing wrong with this one, right? 
There's nothing wrong with this earth. Why would he make it and just let us destroy it? There's uh, in Matthew 22, Jesus said, um, no, Matthew 24, verse 22, Jesus said, if God did not cut the days short, man would surely destroy all flesh. If God does not cut the days short, man will surely destroy all flesh. And we don't have to believe in God to to know that that's coming. It's just a matter of time. There's no reversing the damage that we've done. And there's no stopping what's happening. And this is where we get into our next chapter, uh, the enemy. We've got an enemy here, a real serious enemy. That's That's the reason for all this. 100% the whole reason. And that's Satan. So, it says in the Bible, we just read it. What's that, Janine? I'm sorry, I don't understand what your, your statement meant. It says in the Bible, we just read it. Um, it does not say cleanse the earth. He says he creates a new earth. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Okay, let me let me think about that for a second. Like I said, when you think lot, you know, when you think about it, like if you wanted to take this earth and create a new earth out of it, you would have to basically like renovating. You know, you'd have to rip it down and create a new one. You know, um, if I can, if I can think of some scriptures that may help you with that, you know, because it, it, I just read a scripture a little while ago. I'll see if I can find it, Janine. It said, um, let me go back here just one second, Okay. Okay, in Isaiah 45.18, you're welcome, Janine. In Isaiah 45.18, we might have read this one before you came, Janine. Let me get it, get it up here, okay? Isaiah chapter 45, verse 18. Have you got it in front of you, Janine? That's okay. If you have it in front of you, I'll read uh, from this one. This is what God has said, the creator of the heavens. He, the true God, the former of the earth and the maker of it, he, the one who firmly established it, who did not create it simply for nothing, who formed it even to be inhabited. Okay. So it seems to make sense. Isaiah 18. No, Isaiah 
45. Isaiah chapter 45. Hi, Matthew. Yeah, King James Version. You want me to read that, Matthew, out of King James Version? I I will. Uh, that was Isaiah 45, verse 18. For this is what God has said, the creator of the heavens, he, the true God, the former of the earth and the maker of it. He, the one who firmly established it, who did not create it simply for nothing, who formed it even to be inhabited. And uh, Matthew's asking about hi. Matthew's asking about the King James version, so I'll look that up in the King James version in Isaiah 45. For thus said the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. So he created it to be inhabited. So, you know, it's 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 like a house, you know, if the house falls apart, you know, you you can rip it down and hopefully you've got a good foundation, you know, and God will not allow us to destroy, you know, his purpose. No way. No way is he gonna allow us or is he gonna allow Satan. And he's not there's no way, nothing is is gonna stop him from fulfilling, you know, what he says he's gonna do. Right, you know, like I said, you look around in the earth, and you look around at, at humans and the creation. If we didn't have this disease called sin, curse, whatever you want to call it, you know, our bodies are meant to live forever. Our brains cannot fill up. Our brains can continue to learn and continue to learn and continue to learn. They won't fill up. You know, our mind will not fill up. Um, we heal ourselves. The earth heals itself, you know. But we're destroying everything, you know. So God will step in and, um, you know, there, there's a limit to his uh, tolerance, you know. And it, this is all happening for for specific reasons as, you know, we've, we've went over in a few of the chapters, you know. there's There's a reason for this. And, uh, you know, we can't understand God. You know, we, we see some of these things going on in this world, and I, it just turns my stomach, some of the things. I, I can't stand to watch the news. It just just turns my stomach, some of the things that are going on in this system. But this, you know, this is this is where we have to hate what is bad. We have to hate what is bad in this system. And if we don't hate what is bad, we've got a problem. You know, and this is why, you know, um, use friends and I are here, you know, because we do hate what's going on here. And we, we, we do want a hope. We, we hope there's something more. And, and, and the Bible gives us uh, wonderful promises. And, and um, you know, we're being, we're being misled a lot. Like I, I could be misleading you too. You know, I, I, I know nothing. But like I say, the little bit that I've learned, I want to share, you know. And um, But this is 
why I'm trying to, you know, make sure I, I read from the scriptures what the scriptures say. And you can take the scriptures and interpret it yourself. Um, tell others, teach others, uh, work work with others, whatever. Um, but anyway, I, I thought that was a, a, a nice scripture. Um, who did not create it simply for nothing. So, Janine, does that help? Um, I doubt it. M33. Hmm. Okay, guess three. Is there something that I don't understand what you put in there, guess three? I doubt it, M33. King James Version. Anyway, um, yeah, so, Janine, does that answer? Like, I know you were asking, is God going to destroy this earth, basically, and create, it says, I'm creating a new heavens and a new earth. Like, if you think about that scripture, too, like, really, you know, what's he going to do to the heavens? Like, we don't know. You know, but it's... Create new ones. Hi. <laughs> He's going to create new heavens, because what we read before, it says new heavens with an S on the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's hard for us to comprehend what he's going to be doing with the, with the heavens, right? Because I don't know in any detail what he's going to be doing with the heavens. I know well, he's gave us information about the earth, what he's going to do with the earth, but I, we don't know what he's going to do with the heavens. So obviously when we look up into the heavens, we see that he's been very busy. Um, he's done a wonderful job with the heavens. So whatever he's going to do with the heavens, we don't know, but he says he's going to create a new heaven, so maybe that's adding too. I don't know. But we can see from some of the scriptures here that says his purpose will not go without being fulfilled when it comes to the earth too. He formed it to be inhabited. He will not let man destroy it. He is going to destroy man. Who, the, the ones that are ruining the earth, they're the ones that are going to, are going to be destroyed. So in the earth will reside forever. There are many scriptures, and we can look through some more. It says mm-hmm. the earth will reside forever. Mhm. Yeah. I so, I just I, I went and got a cup of tea when I, you know because I said that when when I wrote that you know he said he's going to create a new earth, and so you know I always ask questions. So I'm I'm talking to God as I'm making a cup of tea, and it's like. Yeah, it's like a person, Janine, being born again. You know, when they have the Holy Spirit come into them and they're born again, the outside doesn't change, but their inside has changed. It has, it has, you know, got God is there in more presence. So that's how He just told me to understand it. Oh, that's cool. That's I like that. <laughs> I like that, Janine. Yeah, that's a, a great explanation to help um, us to to understand more about, you know, how he's going to do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 what just came through. You know, I went. Well, I don't understand it. You know, show me. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> that's how he explained it to me, and I went, okay, got it, gotcha, right, yeah. Hi, Eric, 77. Thank you. Born a new spirit. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's great, Janine. That's great, Eric. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it. Yeah, because our, you know, like if we go and born again, and it, uh, we are new, we had been born again, but, you know, but we're still of the same body. 
so he could be saying I will create a new earth as it it's going to be of the same body but the spirit of the earth is going to be totally new mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure it's exciting it's which exciting. is which is uh, which is a whole new earth yeah. I know it's Oh, isn't it exciting? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do get excited. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. It will be a whole new earth, you know? Like uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, this is not the life. And do you know, do you realize, I just realized, you know, during common law, it does. he doesn't say, I will, will create. It actually says, I create. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not will, as in future tense. Now, are you talking about a specific subject? Yeah. Before in Isaiah, when it says, uh, "What was it? Was it sixty-five? With the one we just read? Yeah. It says, oh, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say, I will create. It says, I create. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting too. Yes, it is. Uh-huh, like it's it's all like it's already done. Yeah. Like there's 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 no maybes. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, it's no, like it's done. It's like as the words come out of his mouth, you know, the Bible says, uh, my words will not return to me without results. Ah, I mean. Oh, peace out. Like it's almost as it's spoken. It's it it is as it's spoken. It's happened. It's 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 done. Mm. His words do not return to him without results. Uh, as soon as it's funny, like when Adam and Eve sinned, instantly, instantly he had um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not a plan, but that's. I guess the easy way uh, of of saying instantly, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, he had an instant plan. Like it was just, you know, he not like us as human beings. We have to sit down and 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 work our our problems out and think about it. And well, should I do this or this or that or should I try it this way? You know, we got to sit down and think about it. But instantly, as soon as Adam and Eve sinned, he had um, the the plan, the, the the perfect plan. That was going to um, fulfill his purpose, but he had to do it righteously. It had to be. He, he can only. He can only do it righteously, and the only righteous way that he could could do it was in order to to save us. Was he had to make a sacrifice for us because Adam and Adam and Eve sinned and erred, and in order to to continue his purpose, he had to make a righteous sacrifice for the lives that were were lost, which is us. 
and right instantly um, in, in Genesis, he says, I will produce a seed that will, that will eventually crush Satan. I will produce a seed that will crush Satan. And, and he, his kingdom will rule to time indefinite. So mm-hmm. right instantly, he, he had the plan. You know, so he talks not, about seeds in the Bible too, doesn't it? If you have faith as of a grain of mustard or a mustard seed. And then you can move a mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And it said, I will produce a seed. Yeah. The seed itself could be faith within all men. Could it not? Pardon me? The seed itself could be faith in all men, could it not? Faith in God. Well, no, because we're imperfect. Mm-hmm. We're, we're imperfect, see? Um, because Adam and Eve were perfect, okay, the only ransom, the only replacement to get back us in order to save us, the only replacement or the only ransom that could be given to, to it's like, like Eric put here, the, um, the payment for sin was death. Yeah. Okay? So the, the, only, the only ransom for that payment could be a perf- another perfect human life, like Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, it, it couldn't be a sinful human like you or I. There's no way that we could we could we could ransom anything that would give man back their lives. God made that plan right in the beginning by giving his his perfect son, and what a, a ransom that is! His only begotten son. Mm-hmm. By by, like what an act of love that was. That's the, there's no better ransom. No man could ever give a ransom. Like well, that. that ties in with everything then because it says if you believeth in me and you believeth in Jesus, you know, and those who believe in Jesus will be born again. So that means, you know, when they, when they actually become born again, they're new people. Yeah. So they are, they are, they have their faith in God. They have their faith in Jesus, and through Jesus, it's, uh, you know, and that's the belief. The born again. Born again. Yeah. What you, I just, I just <laughs> sit down, yeah, I was listening to um, uh, Curry, Curry Blake, just before I got on here. Um, yeah. it, was, it was a really good episode, actually. Um, he was talking about Different, different things. Were you looking something up, Janine? Uh, um, no, not really, but I was listening to Curry Blake. I did, I've never heard of his name before, but somebody mentioned him. But I was listening to him this morning. I'd have to 
Yeah, I don't know what, which I don't know. <laughs> Things just come to me that I'm supposed to be listening to. So if they come up, I just click on them and listen to. Them. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, Th- thanks, Eric, for your posts, and um, I'm I'm reading them. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, I'll uh, I'll just see if I can find any more scriptures that that might be uh, encouraging to help us to understand that um, the earth is our home. God does have a purpose for it, and um, we do have the opportunity to to live forever here on the earth as humans. You know that's another issue too sometimes. But I don't have a whole lot of scriptures right now that can verify, okay, we're going to be here as humans. Because I, I, think, I, I think a lot of men and women have, have, you know, the beliefs that we're going to be here as spirits. And that doesn't make sense either. You know, because God created us as humans. Why, why would he, it, it doesn't say in the Bible that, you know, we're going to be spirits because it says that we're going to eat food. It says that we there will be an overflow of food in the mountains, you know that we will never never go hungry, so we we're still going to eat, we're still going to produce babies, we're going to fill the earth the way God meant it to be, exactly as as we are as as human beings and um it's funny, you know when I'm talking about God's word. And I use these particular words. The common law things come into my mind. So I'm just going to go with the flow here, um, you know, with the Bible and try not to uh, let the common law terms, which I don't know totally what are correct or not, you know. Um, you know, sometimes in common law they say, oh, human beings are a monster. Well, I don't, I don't know if the word human's even in the Bible. But anyway, just for the Bible's sake, for God's, God's word's sake, whatever words I'm using, please it, excuse them, you know, as far as common law goes, because uh, th- that's kind of getting into my, my mind and, and um, making it difficult for me a little bit. So if you can excuse that part. Anyway, as human beings, we're going to reproduce, you know, and um, fill the earth the way it was meant to be. There's um, a scripture somewhere that I, I I ran across, and I'm not sure if I can remember where it was. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Um, in Isaiah 34, in Isaiah chapter 34, a little, no, no, I'm sorry, in Isaiah chapter 35, it talks about the deserts to blossom, that the deserts are going to blossom. You know, people think on the earth, well, you know, if if Jesus Christ is going to resurrect all those in the memorial tomb. Okay, the righteous and the unrighteous. There's going to be a lot of people here, you know, on the earth, just the ones that are going to be resurrected. But, and some some people say, well, gee, there you know, it might not be enough room. You know, you think that's that's around six thousand. Yeah, human existence has been here around approximately six thousand years. That's a lot of people that's died. But see, not all are going to be resurrected. Okay, so we don't know how many. But it's in the Bible it says that the deserts will blossom. All the, the, the land. Yes, you know, well, they, they, 
they do have the capability and the know-how to actually get the get the best to blossom now. They know how to do that. Yeah, yeah. They well, if that was the case, then all our our deserts would would be blossoming now and livable. But oh no, but no, but they they don't want to release that because they're trying to control people through food and water and pests and famine and you know. I mean, if there was and there is an abundance of food, there is an abundance. Yeah. Um, but it's just not getting to the right people. Mm-hmm, because of greed. Yeah, power, power, and greed. But anyway, I just thought I'd mention that that um, in ch- chapter thirty-five of Isaiah, it says the wilderness and the waterless region will exult, and the desert plain will be joyful and blossom as a saffron. Without fail, it will blossom. And it will really be joyful with joyousness and with with gladness crying out. Um, this is talking about uh, the things to come. At that time, the uh, the eyes in in verse five it says, "At that time, the eyes of the blind ones will be open, and the very ears of the deaf ones will be unstopped." In verse 6, it says, at that time, the lame one will climb up, just as a stag does, and the tongue of the speechless one will cry out in gladness. And then again, it talks more about the desert plains. For in, mm-hmm. the, wil- for in the wilderness, waters will have burst out, and torrents in the desert plain. That's in the King James too. Thank you, Janine. Oh, and Eric's got in here, lambs will lay with lions. Yeah. Yeah, that that uh, chapter, almost that whole chapter there, I think 35 is uh, Isaiah 35. Isaiah chapter 35 is encouraging to see, um, you know, what's going to happen in the future. Obviously, for the blind ones and their eyes to be open. In the wow, number eight is very interesting too. There's eight. Mm-hmm. And a highway shall be there, which is in that desert. So, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men. Those fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go there up upon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. Ridding of the the evil, right? Ridding of the bad. Righteous ones will possess the earth. 
I guess it all depends on your definition of righteousness, because I, you know, I'm sure the right, I, I'm sure the Rothschilds or all those, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they believe that they are righteous. Not yeah. They are. Well, I mean, yeah, in God's eyes, obviously God's law, eh? Obviously God's law. Yeah. For sure. You know, if if somebody asked me what's the def- definition of righteous. You know, now that you mention that, Janine, you know, I, I'd have to, I'd, I'd have to really, I, I'd want to go to the Bible and, and find out what the Bible says is righteous. Like, I, I wouldn't even spill something off, you know, from my own mouth because the sinner I am, what do I know? You know, what do I, what, yeah, how do I really know what righteous is? So, and what meek is and stuff. So, I, I would. You know, if somebody asked me that question, I, I think I would study it before I started rhyming, you know, per- personally myself, rhyming something off, you know, because you're right. We can be righteous in our own eyes, and the Bible does tell us that too, don't we? We think we're righteous sometimes in our own eyes. And, you know, then when you study the Bible, we study what God says, you think, oh, really? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Good point, Janine. Thank you. Yeah, God's law, whatever God's law says is righteous. You know, and that's what we got to study, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. The Bible talks about um, for us to to um, um, develop the fruits of the Spirit. Like, it's like we're preparing now, you know. Now is it, we, we start preparing now to learn about God and to start, and the Bible says, strip off the old personality and put on a new one. You know, and he tells us what the old personality, the badness is, all the bad things that we shouldn't do, hate the bad. Do not be a part of this world. We're in this world, but don't be a part of it. You know, we, and we know what that means, you know, adultery, fornication, drugs, uh, whatever, immorality. Um, we know oh, right. Righteous, in the online etymology dictionary, it actually means wise, way, and manner. So being wise, knowing the way, and, and obviously wearing the manner, you know, and carrying that manner, being genuine and being excellent. We sure have to strive for that, don't we? That's that's our, our goal, isn't it? Yeah. And God promises to help us as long as we, you know, continue to desire that. Okay. Um, thank you, Janine, for your comments. I'm glad you came. Um... And there's there's just so many scriptures. Like I said, <clears throat> the righteous themselves will possess the earth and they will uh, reside forever upon it. Psalms chapter 37, verse 29. Um, there's a scripture in Isaiah 55 that it says, God's purpose must be fulfilled. It will prove to be. In Isaiah 55, that one just kind of stands out at me here. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 4. 
Proverbs 11. Oh, yeah, this one's powerful. I love this. Thanks, Janine, for putting that up, sweetie. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So my word that goes forth from my mouth will prove to be, it will not return to me without results, but it will certainly do that in which I have delighted. And it will certainly, and it will have certain success in that for which I have sent it. So it's like I said, whatever comes out of his mouth, it's going to happen. There's no no doubt, no two ways about it. Isn't that a nice scripture? So my word that goes forth from my mouth will prove to be. It will not return to me without results, but it will certainly do that in which I have delighted. And it will have certain successes in that for which I have sent it. Isn't that powerful? Love it. And here's one, like I said, we can't comprehend God. Back up in in verse 8, it says, For the thoughts of you people are not my thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, is the utterance of God. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we're not meant to comprehend God totally. You know, like I was saying earlier in the the talk that, you know, we just have to, um, we have to really humble ourselves and think, okay, we've got to learn from God, you know. We, are, we, we know nothing, you know, so we've got to learn from God and, and nice. You know, like we all in common law talk about writing, writing letters and, you know, communication through writing and stuff. How simple is it for God to give us a letter? And that's exactly what he's done. And yet so many bicker over God's words, you know, and yet no man, no man or woman can, can <laughs> no way can they even stand up with the Bible and say, oh, well, I can do this and I can do that. You know, they, they if, if everybody did follow God's word, obviously it'd be a, a much better place to live in. But, you know, and they put God's word down, you know, and that's what Satan wants them to do. And that's, you know, the, here's where the controversy is, you know, with this, this power, this evil source, you know, this wickedness, this spirit uh, that's in this, this system. Um, and we can't see it. So we, we, we truly get deceived, you know, um, Many, many men and women have a hard time believing that there's a wicked spirit. But, you know, when you when you look around and you think, well, you know there's a good spirit. You know, God's a, a spirit. He's created this beautiful earth and these beautiful human beings and this beautiful life. Then look at the badness. Well, where is that coming from? And, and a lot want to blame God. But they don't want to sit down and, and read the letter that he wrote to us. Tells us right there, you know. The angels that he created went bad. They were they were given the, the freedom of choice, and they did. They went bad, and this is the result of it. So because God is such a righteous God and has to do everything uh, in a particular way um, in order to be righteous, he had to allow this to go on. 
like it is to prove not only to mankind, but also to prove to all his other angels, you know, that we cannot direct our own steps without his direction. That's why, that's why we have to suffer this out. You know, and in a way, you know, we should be thankful that we are here suffering this out. Because, you know, hey, we're we're part of God's creation, and that's great. And once we understand, you know, why we're here and what's going on and, and how come everything's a mess, then we then it's much easier to, to be able to uh, work with it, you know. Once we understand, you know, what's going on here, um, it's it's um, it's a controversy with Satan and with God. He he basically lied to the first human parents. Says you won't die. You know. Excuse me, Sonia. Matthew just asked um, which which Bible is being read, and I just said that I have the King James, um, and I just typed that you had the Jehovah Bible. But would you like to? That's Tell me which one you're reading. Yep, that's true. This Bible that I read is a New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. And I've had this one for a long, long time. Um, so I'm not sure exactly when it was translated. They actually made a, a new translation not too long ago. So this one has been translated for 60 years to the best of my understanding, the one that I'm reading. So, and I do have a King James here also, and I also have a, another Bible, it's called um, Good News Bible, and that's quite a new one, that's quite a new one, it's, sometimes I read from it just to compare, but uh, Matthew, we haven't been doing too much comparing, because I've been told from friends that... Um, um, we were putting up a lot of comparisons and it was kind of causing confusion because we were going too fast. We put up three or four comparisons and it was just too much. That's what I was told anyway. So I'm just reading. I, I, I enjoy reading from the New World's translations of the Holy Scriptures from Jehovah's Witnesses because that's a book that I've been using a long time. And I still compare with the King James Version. Okay, just to just to verify that with friends. Um, the reason I don't read the, 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 the King James Version that much, because I want to get through it quicker, you know. I want to be able to understand that these thousand thuses, and so I like the new, newer translations because it's the modern English. It's the language that we speak, okay? You know, it's like common law. It's the language that we speak. Does that help, uh, Matthew? Okay. If there's any, you know, Janine's always um, looking at different translations, different Bibles or whatever. Um, I'm just trying to keep it very basic. You know, I'm not getting into real deep stuff at at this time because to me, just living on the earth is, is a real important subject that um, a lot of men and women don't know about. You know what the what the scriptures say about living here on the earth and what God's purpose is for the earth. So um, I'm just trying to keep it keep it simple, where it's easy to read in the King James version or any other versions. You know, they're they're all basically the same. But yes, one one word can change a whole scripture. I know that. Yeah, they they are very similar. 
Um, you know, and I just told Matthew if he wanted to compare what the different Bibles say about a certain verse, um, I just told him to check out the Bible Hub. Thanks, Janine. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's important for people to compare. They have to verify it with themselves. And like the scripture says, search the scriptures to make sure that these things are so. You know, meditate on them. Research, you know, study, pray about it. Yeah, make sure what what we're, mm-hmm. we're we're believing is not my word or another man or woman's word. It's got to be our own. It's got to be our. We got to make the truth our own, and we have to share it. And this is what uh, it, it's all about. Um, that's what Jesus, when he came here, was was to share with us. God's new kingdom, you know, what God's kingdom is going to be all about, the new government, worldwide government, which will be ran from heaven. I mean, there's other subjects that I can get into. I'll try not to. Here we go. I get sidetracked real easy. So what I was trying to do tonight was, um, anyway, that's why Jesus came. We've got to share this, you know, because it says in Matthew 24:14, this good news that the kingdom will be preached in all the inhabited earth for a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. That's a big part of the the reason that he's allowed this to go on as long as it has. Everybody has to have the opportunity to know about about this. Now, you know, he'll cut the day short at, at, at his time. You know, he knows the best day, the right day. No man, no no. Not even Jesus. Jesus doesn't even know. And here's an interesting point that distinguishes the difference between God and Jesus. God is the Father. Jesus is the Son. And the Bible says that no man, nor the angels, nor the Son, knows the day or the hour when the end is going to come. Only God the Father. That time is specifically his time. Jesus doesn't even know. The angels don't even know. When it's time, he'll say, okay, it's time, <laughs> you know. That uh, I thought was a real interesting point, that no one knows the day or the hour, not the angels nor the sun. I just thought thought that was really, really interesting. Anyway, um, I, um, I'm just kind of uh, going through, uh, you know, what I've, what we've we've studied, and um, it says that overall um, in Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse four, it says he has even put eternity into their minds. God has put eternity into our minds and our heart. Like, if you think about it, if somebody says to you, what day, okay, you're going to die, what day do you want to die? What's your heart automatically feel and your mind automatically say? I don't want to die. <laughs> uh, we can't pick a day when we want to die because God put that into our heart and into our mind. We're meant to live forever. We're not meant to die. We're only dying because of Satan, 
misled Adam and Eve. Adam and Adam and Eve didn't listen to God, and here we are. We inherited their sin, and God God is going to make it right through Jesus. He's He's going to make it right, but we have this has to go on in order for all to know that we we need God. We cannot direct our own steps. This is just a a part of the plan that just kind of took a detour, and God has to allow this to happen. You know, it's like our children. You know, sometimes they, you know, they got to stick their finger into that fiery ant hole to get bit by that ant in order to know that, no, I guess I shouldn't have done that. I was told not to, but I did it anyway. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good example or not, but anyway, I just wanted to share that. He has put eternity into our minds. Okay, we we do want to live. Um, and I'm just looking at a scripture here, another one in Psalms 104, verse 5. It says, God has founded the earth upon its established places. It will not be made to totter to time indefinite or forever. So it will not be made to totter. Like, that's exactly what's as the scripture says here, this is what's happening. It's kind of tottering, you know, like that's what the scripture says anyway. Um, you know, it's unbalanced, it's all messed up because of, you know, Satan, which, you know, he was an angel, he was the son of God, he went bad, um, enticed Adam and Eve to go bad. And But he says, God has founded the earth upon its established places. There's another one, Janine, too, that, that might help verify with you, hon, that it says he's founded the earth upon its established places. Like, this, this earth is going to be here forever. He's not going to destroy this earth and create another one. Why Why should he? So well, he says that here in, in Psalms, yeah, uh, 104, verse 5, it says that he, he laid the foundations of the earth, that it shall not be removed forever. That's a, that's a great one. Yeah. That, that's another way of looking at it, too, is that he laid the foundation. Wow. And that's thou, thou coverest with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountain. Wow. Hmm. So reassuring, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I was just looking at things that I've highlighted. The Bible tells us that the old will become young again. Young again. Like it's like we'll return. There's a scripture somewhere that says we will return to our youth. Can you imagine waking up every day and looking in the mirror and be less wrinkles? You know, we're going to have beautiful teeth. You know, we're still going to have our bodies, our, our same heart, our same mind. We're going to be the same person. We're going to be the same man or woman. And we're just going to, we're going to return to our youth. We're going to get better and better and better. And we're not going to have sickness. You know, we're not going to have aches and pains and disease. We're going to be healthy and strong the way we were meant to be. You can almost feel it, you know, when you think about it that way. It says that the old will become young and the sick will be made well. When, when, How all these things and when all these things occur, I don't know. But it's just a, a 
uh, reassurance through Jesus as our king. This is He's going to rule the earth, and it's going to be a righteous rule. He mm. showed, yeah, he showed when he was here on the earth what he could do on a small scale. And we have a hard time comprehending that. Like for him to, he healed the blind when he was here. He healed the, he healed the sick, the, the lame, the ones who couldn't walk. Um, he healed many, 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 many. As the scriptures say, you know. So we have to believe that and, and have faith in that. That you know, because, you know, like I said, when we we cut ourselves, we repair. When we break a bone, we repair. Uh, and there's still, there's still so many doubters. That's what I was listening to this morning, um, Curry Blake, you know, and he said that he there was a woman in a wheelchair. She had to find a bit that never worked, never walked before. And the healing was done. She got out of the wheelchair and pushed the wheelchair out of the church. He was actually with a young man who was the standing the other side of the wheelchair when this actually happened. So that young man saw it happen and yet driving back home, the young man turned around and he said, oh, well, how do we know that really happened? How do we know she got up and walked? How do we know she, you know, it's not all a fake? And he just pulled to the side and he said, get out. I'm not going to listen to this all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> And so we still doubt. We still are that doubting Thomas. Well, yeah, and and this is because of the sinful state that we're in and because Satan wants us to... He he uses um, guilt on us. He uses uh, doubt. He uses all these imperfect emotions. He's imperfect, um, you know. And so we've got to keep remembering that we're being tricked you know, whether it's through our doubt, um, through other men and women, um, you know, we just, this is where faith comes in, right? Right, Janine? This mm-hmm. is where faith, faith. Faith and belief, the faith of the mustard seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because Jesus even said, um, I forget exactly how the scripture goes, it says something about, uh, Blessed are those, you know, that have seen me and seen these 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 miracles and believe. But more so are those, um, bless those that have not seen the miracles and yet still believe. So we have to have a, a great amount of faith, you know, by, I, I think, with me, by, by looking into the world, looking into the the nature, looking in, in, you know, looking around the world at, at the creation is is a, a great way of having faith. You know, when there's so much out there that we don't know, that, that a bird flying or a beautiful flower, as soon as we look at creation, I think that builds our faith. You know, because we don't know. There's so much we don't know. So, like, we don't know how to take a caterpillar and turn it into a butterfly Right? That's that's beautiful. You know, we can't take a seed and turn it into a a tree. You know, um 
we can't take a sperm and, well, I guess we can take a sperm and an egg, put it together and turn it into a being, yeah, but, uh, you know, um, that's, that's part of God's creation. But, yeah, that we definitely need faith, right? But um, leading into leading into the the second um, show that I was talking about was the enemy, was the enemy that we we have, and we we know that that Satan, you know, is is our major enemy. Um, I don't know, you know, how many um, men and women here, you know, really realize, you know, what what went on. But uh, we talked about it a little bit. Um, when uh, Satan, he his name was Lucifer. He was a high archangel. He was a very, very had had a lot of responsibility with God and and uh, created the heavens and the earth and did things together and stuff like. They all had their roles, just like all God's laws are in harmony. All God's laws um, were together in sync, sort of thing. And and in the heavens too, the the creation of the heavens and the earth. Satan had a role, and. Um, Whatever possessed Satan to think that when Adam and Eve were created that he wanted to have some extra glory for himself to mislead Adam and Eve to do what he wanted them to do and and, and for some reason, you know, he was given a freedom of will just like we are, right? And he decided to, to take some of this, you know, over the line, with God and, 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 and ruined things, you know? And, um, so anyway, he was eventually thrown out of the heavens. And the Bible says that, um, woe to the earth for Satan has come down to you with great anger, knowing he has a short period of time left. He was thrown out of the heavens because God's establishing the new kingdom with Jesus Christ. And some humans that will 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 go will go to heaven. There are there are ones that will go to heaven. That's that's almost another subject itself. You know who go, who go to heaven and why and what do they do there? And they they will be a, a, the government over the earth. Like I said, there will be a, a, a large education system. Obviously, we have to learn about God. So there will be, a, you know, an education system going on, and, and it's going to be beautiful because God's got to direct us somehow, right? So he'll be using this heavenly government because that's what we pray for. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, there will be a heavenly government ruling over the earth. But Satan, so Satan was thrown out of there anyway. You know, um, I'll have to find the scripture for you for that. And now that there's no going back for him, like there's no repentance for a perfect, he was a perfect angel, like Adam and Eve were perfect. They, they, there will be no resurrection for Adam and Eve because there was, there is no, no excuse for their sin. It was willful, willful, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Willful denial. Will, I guess it's the only words that I can think of right at the moment. Willful denial that they they thought they could, you know, do it on their own without God. That that was the choice they made. There was there, 
they weren't imperfect. It was not a mistake. Know what I mean? So now Satan's here with us. Ruling, he's the ruler of the system. He's running this system. And he's allowed to to do that for a short period of time. To us, it seems like a long period of time. Because to us, you know, we only get 80 years to live. You know, basically, if if, if we're lucky, um, to us, it's a, it's a long time. And the earth is, like I said, human existence has been here on the earth approximately 6,000 years. That's not a long time when you think about that. That's not a long time. So, but anyway, Satan's had his rule, you know, for all this time, and God has allowed it to go to this point. So we will see that man cannot direct his own step. We cannot direct our own step without God. And Satan is doing everything. It says in the Bible that he's like a roving lion, waiting to devour someone. Let's see if I can find some scriptures um, to back up my rambling. That's what it was supposed to be all about. Um, Let's see. um, Ruler cast out. Uh, Ruler of this world. Let's take a look at John. Um, John chapter 12, verse 31. John chapter 12, verse 31. Now there is a judging of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. That really doesn't go, you know, doesn't help me here. Let me try and explain to you. Um, I'm just reading something in John where where Jesus Jesus was talking to his to his disciples. And he said to his disciples, I shall not speak much more with you anymore, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has no hold on me. Okay, so he was talking about Satan, the ruler of this world. Who's, who's, who else would be the ruler of this world? Even at that time, there was no one world order. You know, it wasn't one government. He was talking about Satan. He says, you know, the ruler of this world is coming, and he has no hold on me. Even Satan didn't have a hold on Jesus. Jesus wasn't going to die until it was time. He wasn't going to be sacrificed until it was God's time for the for the right purpose. Um, some illustrations in the Bible show us that, that Satan is the ruler of this system because... Um, did you, if you remember the story when Jesus when Jesus first got baptized, he went up into the mountains for forty days and forty nights to pray and to be with God, and um, I would imagine they conversed about what you know what Jesus was to do, you know to to do God's will, to uh, teach mankind, and just basically do God's will. So Satan approached. 
Satan actually wanted Jesus to do some an, uh, some acts of worship for him. He said, Throw, prove you're the Son of God. Throw yourself down over, over this cliff. And if you're the Son of God, we know angels will, um, myrons and myrons of angels will come and save you. And Jesus told him, go away, Satan. You know, get away from me. And then, then Satan offers him. Satan offers him. Let's see if I can find the scripture. Satan offers him. He says, if you do an act of worship for me, he says, I will give you all these kingdoms in the world. You know, proving that they all belong to Satan. He had complete. He has complete rule here, and it shows. Um. Yeah, Matthew, Matthew chapter four. Verses eight and nine. Let's see. Matthew chapter four, verse eight. It says again, the devil took Jesus along to an unusual high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and do an act of worship to me. Then Jesus said to him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, It is our God we must worship, and it is to him alone you must render sacred service. And then it says, Then the devil left him, and the angels came to minister to Jesus. You know, the angels came to to be with him sort of thing. Like he was going 40 days and 40 nights, even as a, a perfect human, you know, without eating, without drinking. So Satan would obviously tempt him too maybe at a at a time where he's tired or whatever, you know, because he was in a human body and he was, you know, coming to us at, as as a, as a human being. And he cried, you know, he had compassion. He was, you know, the, the most perfect human, you know, that I, it would have been wonderful to have been able to follow him, to, to know him, to listen to him, to listen to him talk. Cause he spoke with authority and love and compassion and uh, when he was healing people, they would they would say to him, "Oh Jesus, please help me here. You know, I know you can if you want to." And Jesus would turn around and look at them and, and say, "I want to." And he would help them. You know, they must have been swarming all over him. You know, all of the time, it would have been. You know, and to have him as a king to to read the stories in the Bible that talks about the things that Jesus did and the type of man that he was, just in Matthew. Just if anybody wants to read in, uh, about Jesus, just read the book of Matthew, and then it will tell you so much about him and the type of man that he was and, and what he's going to do for us on a large scale worldwide as our king, as our ruler. You know, and Satan, our, this invisible, you know, ruler of this world at this time right now, this is why the world's in such, such a big mess, is num- number one, Many men and women don't want to believe that he's there, that he's here. You know, many don't believe, want to believe that, uh, you know, they a lot just want to believe, oh, it's just the sin within ourselves. But no, it's not. It's not what the Bible says anyway. Because why do we have such a hard time? Um, one of the disciples, I can't remember who it was, Peter or Paul, Paul was praying to God. He says, why is it that I, I, I can't do what I want to do and what I don't want to do, I do? He says, I've got to pummel my body and beat it as a slave. 
because I just can't do what I what I want to do, what I have to do. What you know, not only do we have this sinful body, but we're being misled by Satan. It's like we've got missiles thrown at us all the time. The Bible says, you know, keep on the, the armor of God, you know. And there's a certain specific type of armor we've talked about that that we've got to we keep on this armor because of Satan's missiles that are being thrown at us all the time. You know, it's like when we wake up in the morning, we got to be ready. Satan somehow is going to be throwing things at us every single day. There's going to be things that, that are going to come and going to happen. You know, just the way life's going too. But Satan is real. You know, Satan's real. And he's controlling everything here. And this is why it's getting so bad because he knows he's got a short period of time left. And uh, he's a madman. He's just a crazy, crazy madman, or mad spirit, I guess you could say, but more powerful than us. So we we have to look to God to be able to 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 fight him because because we can't we're we're not a spirit. We we don't know how he works. And the Bible, the what the Bible does is it it, it protects us in a way that if we study the Bible, we will learn about Satan's tactics. A lot of them we know because we have a conscience. Our conscience guides us. But, you know, because we're imperfect too, we've got to be careful about our conscience because our conscience can be misled. Our conscience can be crunched and stepped on because we ignore it sometimes. We think, oh, well, I'll do that anyway. Every time we do that anyway, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, crunching out our conscience a little bit. We're rubbing it into the dirt, so to speak, and we're, we're ruining our conscience. And a lot of times we don't mean to, but um, you know. So by by studying the Bible, we can we can become aware of Satan's tactics. Let me see if I can find something here. We've talked about who the devil is, who Satan is. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. Um, he's he knows his euchre now. He knows that. Uh, you know, he, there's no no going back for him. Um, let's see. How Satan misleads people. I'm just looking at a chapter here. Um, here's an example. In Second Corinthians, chapter 11. Verse 14. Here's one thing we can watch for and see how he works. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Verse fourteen. Okay. For Satan himself keeps transforming himself into an angel of light. I'm just gonna look at fifteen and see what it says. It is therefore nothing great if his ministers also keep transforming themselves into ministers of righteousness, but their end shall be according to their works. So it's talking about, I'll read that again, it's talking about um, Satan transforming himself into an angel of light and his ministers, okay? He's not the only one, right? Many left with him. Many followed him. Many were misled by him. And they followed him, and it's just, it's, and it's not, it's nothing great if his ministers also keep transforming themselves into ministers of righteousness, 
but their end shall be according to their works. So he keeps transforming himself into an angel of light. So if we see things that, you know, this is where it says we have to study the scriptures and be sure that it is so. Not to listen to anybody else. You've got to make it your own. And because, because Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, it can look good. Even what I'm saying, okay, can look good. But I could be misleading you and maybe not even know it. But I could, I could be misleading you and, and doing it intentionally, maybe because maybe I've got a, a real hate on about God, but I'm just pretending I don't. You know, you can't believe me either. So, because it can look good, it can sound good, but that's the way Satan works. That's how he trips us up. So even with all these religions in the world, you've got to study them and research them yourself, see if there is. Um, just to mention, I believe that there is a, a, a true organization, a true group of people. There has to be. Okay, there has to be a, a group of people. Or otherwise, no one's going to make it, and God's purpose is all in vain. So we need, we want, we want to be the ones that are part of it, right? So we need to study the Bible and find out what we have to do to, to become a part of it. So there has to be people that are going to make it from today over into the new system. So, but, um... We have to be very, very careful because Satan transforms himself into an angel of light and can mislead and will mislead many. And then a lot of times when he misleads us, he gets us into a, a hole that we have a hard time getting out of and may not get out of it. It depends on our heart condition. It depends how how much we depend on God to, to, to pull us out of our rut. We really have to have a lot of faith and a lot of trust and... Um, and it's and it's not easy, but God guarantee, he he guarantees us or he reassures us. Pardon me, God reassures us that everything that we go through, every man has went through something similar. Everyone on the earth has went through trials and tribulations of some sort, and and the same. Ours is no different than anybody else's. We think it is. We think ours is special. How come? How can I go go through this and? He's not helping me, uh, whatever. There's always somebody that's going through something worse and is staying faithful to God. Um, the story in the Bible about Job. I don't know how many know about the story of Job. And to be honest with you, I haven't read the whole the whole thing of Job. I don't think. But anyway, um, Job was a, a righteous man that really loved God. And... The Bible talks about Satan. When This is when Satan was able to come before God. He would come in. That's a study in itself, too. He, Satan would actually come in, in the heavens, like, like, say, in God's courtroom. Or he would assemble. Satan would actually assemble with the, the, the good angels. And he, he came in there with them. And Satan would mock God. And say, oh, look at the man Job, you know, on the earth there. He's he, the only reason he's righteous is because you've given him everything, you've protected him. And this is this is the story of Job. If you want to read it sometime, read it yourself. I'm just going over what I remember, so I could be wrong. But Satan says, this man you've protected. You know, he's got acres and acres of land, he's got hundreds, I don't know, thousands of animals, 
I think maybe back then he might have had more than one wife. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. But I know he had lots of children. So Satan says, let me touch him and see if he doesn't, uh, doesn't you know, basically disown you. Let me touch him. You know, Satan wanted to get at Job. And God says, all right, go ahead. Go ahead, you test him. You test me. You put him to the test. He says, but you can't kill him. So Job went through hell. Job got sick. He he would his family deserted him. He was out in the wilderness all by himself. He had boils growing on him. You know he was a disgusting, awful mess. And even his wife, his his wife basically um, left him. She says, "Why don't you curse God and die? Like look at you." She said, "Why don't you curse God and die?" And he couldn't. He wouldn't. His his fam all his children died. People stole from from him. They they took his livestock or his livestock died. He lost everything. And yet he stayed faithful to God. It's quite a story. And you know, after Job went through this, I don't know how long he went through this, but God rewarded him. He had he ended up with twice as much as what he ever had. He had more children. He had more children. He lost his children and everything. They died. It was quite a story. But no matter what we go through, um, somebody's got it harder. We have to keep remembering that. And even till death, you know, like the Bible says, um, those who endure to the end are the ones that will be saved. So it's an awful test. You know, it's like if they said to you, you have to go to war, you know, they come and draft men or whatever. Now they'll draft women too, eh? But, you know, if um, they said, okay, you have to go to war and you have to kill people or whatever, you know, or we're going to throw you in jail or we're going to put you up in the firing squad. And a lot of people have went up into a firing squad because they wouldn't go to war. So the Bible says only those who endure to the end are the ones that are going to be saved. So can we actually let our life go and trust in God that he'll resurrect us? That takes a lot of faith right there. So no matter what we're going through, we have to stay strong. And you have been an encouragement coming, um, you know, here. You've been an, an awful encouragement to me also and a strength for me. Strength is in numbers, eh? And so we have to realize that every day we wake up that Satan's right outside our bedroom door just waiting. And let alone, you know, our, our own imperfections in our own body, you know, our own mind, our own heart we got a wrestling with that, too, you know, within ourselves. But we have to keep in mind that by studying the Bible and um, learning about the fruits of the Spirit, God says, learn about the fruits of His Spirit, which, you know, we should look up, but I don't know exactly where they are right now. Janine, can you help me out there, my, my sister? Yeah. Um, fruits of the Spirit. This is God's spirit, of course. Um, Jeannie, would you mind finding that so I can slip out just for one minute? Mm-hmm. Would, would you do that for me? Fruits of the Spirit, maybe you could, uh, if you don't, um, don't mind. Romans 8.23. In which one? Romans 8.23. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I'm oh, sorry, hang on. I it up. Galatians? Romans. Romans. 
I'm sorry, the phone's a little muffled. I know, isn't it terrible? Oh, that's okay. Romans, or you're going to type up Romans, okay. Um, Janine, would you, would you mind if I just uh, slip out for a minute? Sure. Thank you. Okay. Not only so, but we ourselves have the, have the first fruits of the Spirit. Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption into sonship, the redemption of our body. And that's the new international version. Um, let's see here. The King James Bible. And not only they, but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, as in W-I-T, wit, the redemption of our body. Um, International Standard Version, however, not only the creation but we who have the first fruits of the Spirit also grow inwardly as we eagerly await our adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Uh, the Aromatic Bible in plain English. And not only so, but we also who have in us the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan in ourselves and we look for the adoption of sons and the redemption of our bodies. Mm. Uh, The American King James Version, and not only they but ourselves also, which have the first fruits and the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption of wit, the redemption of our body. Mm. There's also the Webster's Bible translation, and not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. I want to go and find out what the word wit actually means. Thanks, Janine. Oh, I got a visitor. Is that Dolly? Okay. I just have to pop out for a second. The council has arrived. I feel like I, I feel like putting up. You know, I'm sorry you cannot trespass on my property. <laughs> Only joking. No, I'm going to let him in. <laughs> but 
I'll be, I'll be back. Is that your minute. dog? <laughs> yeah, that's my two oh, girls. They're fine. Okay, okay. Thanks, Jane. Yeah, like 40 kilos, each of them. All right. You told me, oh, yeah. Thanks, Janine, for reading that scripture. Um, I'm just going to read what it says in the one that I've got here. Oh, no, it doesn't say what I, what I was hoping that it would say. wasn't the one. I'm sorry, friends. That wasn't the one, but um, Romans 8 and 23. The fruits of the Spirit, um, just for an example, are, um, I'm sure won't take much to figure these out. It's love, joy, peace, kindness, self-sacrificing, um, you know, uh, those kind of things, those kind of uh, fruits of the Spirit, of the, of the good Spirit sort of thing. So God says to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the things that we need to work on and cultivate because, like I said, we're preparing now. You know, by by learning about God, we're preparing now for the new system, for the new order, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we're we're He's preparing us now, and this is how it's going to work. You see, in the future, we're we're going to get better and 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 more righteous and uh, loving people and peaceful people. And this is how we make this a peaceful earth. Not through common law. Not through uh, government, not to anything that's got to do with the world. The world and its ways will not lead us to life. Nothing in this world will lead us to life. Only God's words will lead us to life and to to the truth, the real truth. Nothing in this world will lead us to a real truth because this world is run by Satan. Right? He, he deceives us, he misleads us through religion, um, through uh, power, through greed, through materialism. Um, he's got lots of things going on here to mislead us, to keep us busy, to keep us distracted, to keep pulling us away from God. We don't have time. That's what he wants us to think. We don't have time for God, you know. And uh, this is where it's a constant fight. In order to develop these fruits of the Spirit, we've got to take time to to study God's Word and make it a part of our our life, like we do with common law. You know, I said to some of my friends a while back, a long time ago, said, you know, I should be spending more time on studying the Bible than what I am doing in common law, because I was pulling out of my my studies of God's word and and t- taking way too much time in common law and it wasn't really getting me anymore you know like we were all over the place you know same as the the televisions or the internet the computers keep us busy all over the place and we're really not going nowhere it's not taking us anywhere you know it we it, it may be helping us you know to survive each day sort of thing in in some certain ways but it, it's we're we're better off studying the Bible. You know, if we can take 15 or 20 minutes out every once in a while to study God's Word, the Bible, we're going to be far better off because we can, we can free ourselves as, you know, we're slaves of the system also, and we know it. 
especially us in common law, we know how we were slaves. But many in common law don't realize how enslaved we are. We're more enslaved than than, than what we realize, you know, right? We're we're enslaved to Satan's system. We're enslaved to our bodies, our, our, our sinful bodies. We're enslaved to our bodies, our minds and our hearts and our souls. We don't even know how to run ourselves. We're just a slave of ourselves. And if we be a slave of God, that's what's going to make us better men and women. That's what's going to make us, you know, real. That's what we're really here for, is to be slaves of God. And to be to be slaves of God, we we love that because it's like being a slave to your husband or your wife, or a slave to your children. That's love. You know that that makes us feel happy. We love it, right? We couldn't. There's nothing wrong with being a slave to someone you love, and and Jesus said um, in uh, the scriptures. That um, ah, I lost it. Sorry, I had it, but I got sidetracked. Being a slave, anyway. Something. Oh, I know what it was. Jesus said to his disciples, "Do as I say." He said, "Because my commandments are not burdensome. My commandments are not burdensome. They will make you happy. Because we were meant to follow God." We were meant to, to follow Jesus. Jesus was happy. And we're going to be happy having him as a king. It's like having a, a great brother or sister or mother or father or whatever, someone that loves you. You know, we'll we'll be happy doing it those ways. But anyway, kind of went over the issue a little bit with Satan, how he's an, an invisible, an invisible evil force that really is out there. And uh, not only do we have a fight against ourselves, we have a fight against the the wicked spirit forces, the governments and the authorities of of this uh, system. I think I remember reading that scripture. It was really, really powerful. But we have a a fight against the governments and the authorities. I I thought uh, using common law here would would appreciate that one because we know we have a fight against the governments and the authorities but I don't know if I can find it right at the moment but I'm looking for it anyway um, as far as the enemy of everlasting life. Anybody got any questions or anything? Not slave, be a servant. Be a servant, not a slave. Tranny, Christians especially. Yeah. Yes, Eric, thank you. Slave of God. And that's like, you know, when you think about it, that's what that's what, what Jesus was like. He says, I come not to do my will, but to do the will of the one that sent me. You know, he says, I, he says um, there's a scripture that says, I do not, how does he put that, initiative. He used the word initiative. I do not do my initiative. No, I forget what it was, but something, something like that along that line. 
He said many, many places in the scriptures, I do not do my will, but I do the will of him, the one that sent me. Everything was exactly what God said. And that's all Jesus lived for. And that's all he taught. We do the will of our Father. We do the will of our God. And then we will be happy. God is master. We can learn from master. Do not have to be a slave to learn. No, true. But we slaved, yeah, the slaving of God, being a slave to God is like uh, wanting to. Like, you know, like, same as being a slave to your your husband, you know? I'm not married, but if I had somebody that I, that I really, really loved, I, I would love to be a slave to a man that I really loved, you know, that really loved me. And, you know, and he would be my slave also. You know what I mean? So that's the type of slavery, you know, we're talking about here is, is, a, is the love. And that the Bible does use those terms in that way. Be a slave of God. A servant, and like you say, a, a servant to all mankind. You know, we should be a, a servant and a slave for our brothers and our sisters. And, and that's, 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 like you can't get a better love than that. And that's where we're, where we're going. That's where we're heading is to be a slave to each other out of love, you know. And if everybody slaves for each other, what a wonderful world it will be, right? Serve your fellow man. Yeah, exactly, Eric. Anyway, I think I've covered that enough. What time are we? Nine o'clock. I'm really trying not to to get myself on these shows too long and for the benefit of others also. I always say that. It's, it's pulling away from these. But this this, this one here is, is very important. I, I think if there's any any show, talk shows, or anything, that any subject that's most important is God. So, um, and, we, and we don't get enough of it. Anyway, the, the next subject that we have covered and talked about, so now we've covered the, the, uh, uh, one of our, our, our major enemies. Okay, which is Satan, this wicked force that's going on, this wicked force, um, and he's alive. You know, we can't just think of it as a, a part of our figment, you know, a figment of our imagination. He is alive, just like God's spirit's alive. Look at the world; the world keeps going, the earth keeps growing. God's spirit is alive. This just doesn't happen. You know, things just do not happen out of nothing or from nothing. You can't get no- nothing out of nothing. You know what I mean? So, Satan's spirit is alive, too. Anyway, um, what I'm trying to find here was uh, the subject on... Um, was uh, what happens to us when we die. Thank you very much, Eric. He who is great is the least among you. He who is the least among you is the great. Yeah. Whatever do you do, brother, you do also to me. Yeah, that's a good one, Janine. Yeah. Yeah, that's how serious Jesus takes today. We heard our brother. Yeah, we've heard him. Yeah, because remember, I said in the scriptures that I remember him crying. You know, he wept for people. He hurt. And even God said, you know, in in the in the scriptures that God says, um, when you touch my people, it's like touching my eyeball. 
or when you do this, you have hurt me. You know, and there was even a point where God said in the Bible, he even regretted, regretted creating man. And that, that's our God, because our God can know good and bad and evil. You know, he, but, he, but he's not a God like that. But he has feelings. You know, he created us in his image. He has feelings. He created us. And, and uh, you know, and, and he is love. He knows good and bad, but he is not bad. He cannot, he cannot be bad. Anything that he does that we think is bad, it's just for him. You know, it's like like Satan. He created, he created Satan, and he created us with the freedom of choice. And that wasn't a love. He created us with the freedom of choice. But that's freedom of choice to enjoy the benefits from God. You know, when when we when he says to us, I don't know why. You know, I guess he had to put that tree there for Adam and Eve. He had to put that there. He, I guess out of his righteous ways he had to do that in order to really say that he had given them freedom of choice. So, so they, they could have a choice. You know, they could take from this or they, they don't have to. So that really, that really drew the line there showing, proving that he did give them freedom of choice. He didn't make us robots. So and then Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked again. Sorry, friends. Don't know where I was even going with that. Anyway, I was um, the next subject I was um, thinking about was since Satan, you got to remember, okay, Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. And the next subject that we were talking about on the talk shows was what happens at death. Okay? Now, remember when Adam and Eve were deceived by, by Satan in the beginning, he said, go ahead, take that fruit. He says, you'll know good and bad like God, and you won't die. You will not die. And, and Satan was an all-out, right-out, you know, liar. He lied. God told him right in the beginning. You know, if you do take from this, in that day you do, you will die. And they, you know, they probably, I don't know, they, they must have knew what death meant because they were perfect human beings. I'm sure he would make it quite clear what death meant. It's not like they didn't understand, you know, and say, well, I, I didn't know what he meant. They knew. Non-existent. You know, he would explain to them, I'm sure, in fine, te- fine detail, just like he does with us with the Bible. You know, we, we, we've got no excuse for not knowing about God. So anyway, so anyway, as far as death, what happens to us when we die? So Satan has, has misled us here now, believing that we don't die. He wants us to believe, oh, you go to heaven, or you're going to hell in a fiery torment, or you're going to a purgatory, you know, halfway, depends how good you were or how bad you were. You know, he is misleading us to believe that we don't die. We continue on somewhere, okay? But the Bible clearly states in many, many scriptures that we went through um, in... uh, one of the talks I can't remember which number it was I'm going to look some up um, what happens to death and um, in the beginning in Genesis 319 that was in the very beginning when Adam and Eve 
sinned. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, um, God told him, You will return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. And nowhere in Genesis, in the beginning, when God told him, if you do this, this, or you know, that you will die. Nowhere in Genesis does it ever say anything anywhere about um, you are going to go on to another realm. He never did say you are going to go to uh, and be tormented forever and ever. He said you will return to the dust where you were taken. And that's where you're going to go back to. Non-existent. Because when they were created, they were non-existent. God didn't grab them from a, another being that was that, that was alive and created the mud of another being that was already alive. He created them from the dust. They were nothing. That's how he made them. And he can do that. He can turn a caterpillar into a butterfly. So he can obviously make whatever he wants out of the dust that he's created too. Everyone lives forever is where he goes after this mortal life up or down. <laughs> That's exactly what uh, what I'm getting at here, Eric. Um, okay, the, the scripture that I just read in Genesis, and I'm going to all read it. Exactly, like I'll read it right from Genesis to show you what it says, okay? Genesis 3, Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. Um, okay, this was after they, they sinned, okay? They they went against God. Uh, I'm going to read just uh, two or three verses here. And to Adam, God said, Because you listened to your wife's voice and you took to eating from the tree concerning which I gave you this command, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground. Cursed is the ground on your account. In pain you will eat its produce all the days of your life. And thorns and thistles will grow for you. And you must eat the vegetation of the field. And in sweat of your face you will eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are. And to dust you will return. That's it. Now, there's other scriptures that help us in defining more what the dead is, okay? Um, I'm just looking on the board to make sure I try and follow, okay, what's being said here. God said, if you love me, obey my commandments, Adam had a choice. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, if you love me. Yeah, that's a real freedom of choice, isn't it, Eric? That's that's a great point. Thank you very much. 
that's that's the main point, isn't it? You know, if we love God, we have to develop a deep love and understanding for Him, or or we won't please Him. We can't please Him properly. You know, it's like a husband and wife relationship. You know, if we have to really, really love our husband or our wife in order to please them properly, you know, deeply. You're right. Good point, Eric. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Really important. So Adam and Eve, you know, Adam and Eve had the freedom of choice, and they they let the freedom of choice uh, go in a direction, you know, that they thought they could uh, do whatever they wanted to do. I guess. Um. I'm going to read some more, another scripture here about the dead, okay? And um, Ecclesiastics, Ecclesiastes, I'm always pronouncing that one wrong. Find it. I have trouble finding that one. Pardon me. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 9, verse 5 and 10. getting there. Thanks, friends. This one, um, yeah, like I said, it's about the dead, okay? This is Ecclesiastics, chapter 9, and verse 5 I'm starting at, okay? This is very important. Well, they all are. For the living are conscious that they will die, but as for the dead, they are conscious of nothing at all. Neither do they have any more wages, because the remembrance of them have been forgotten. Also their love, their hate, their jealousy have already perished, and they have no portion anymore to time indefinite in anything that has to be done under the sun. And then I'm going to read that again, if you don't mind. This is a lot of points in, in these these scriptures, okay? Um, Janine, I'm just looking at the board. Just to try to make sure I'm following everybody. Yeah, thank you, Janine. Five, I've heard five and six and ten. And you've got nine there? Um, it's, it's all It's all interesting. I just kind of go a lot by what I've had highlighted, but... I mean, that, that whole part, read from 5 till 10, is all talking about the dead. I'll uh, kind of read it a little bit, maybe a little. I don't know why I feel like I'm in a hurry all the time. I guess because I was thinking I wish should be done at 9. For the living are conscious that, conscious that they will die, but as for the dead, they are conscious of nothing at all. Neither do they any more have wages, because the remembrance of them has been forgotten. Also, their love and their hate and their jealousy have already perished. 
and they have no portion anymore to time and debit in anything that has to be done under the sun. Go eat your food and rejoicing and drinking your wine with a good heart, because already the true God has found pleasure in your works. On every occasion let your garments prove to be white, and let oil not be lacking upon your head. See life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, all the days of your vanity, for that is your portion in in life, in your hard work in which you are working under the sun. All that your hand finds to do, do with your very power, for there is no work, nor no devising, or no knowledge, or no wisdom in Sheol, the place in which you are going. And Sheol is, um, I don't know if it's the Greek or the Hebrew word for grave, or hell, or death, whatever, that's what Sheol. So it says, there's no knowledge or no wisdom in Sheol, the place in which you are going. Yeah, King James Version says, in the grave. So same thing. Okay, thanks, Janine. So there's a there's a lot of scriptures um, that talks about what happens at death. That the dead know nothing. We're returning to the dust. Um, uh, there's one in Psalms 146. Psalms chapter 146, verse three and four. It says, "His spirit goes out. He goes back to his ground." In that day, his thoughts do perish. He knows nothing. He's not aware of anything. So there's no pain. There's no hell. You know, there's no fiery torment. Um, like I said, there are um, there are ones that are going to heaven. Okay, but here's here we go with Satan again. Okay. Satan is misleading us to believe, like he told Adam and Eve in the beginning, that you will not die. And this is what a, a lot of uh, we, you know, we we we've believed was we're going to heaven, or we're going to hell, or we're going to purgatory, or we're going somewhere. But the Bible states clearly, they have come from the dust, and they are returning to the dust. Um, you know nothing. You are not aware of anything. You don't love. You don't hate. In that day, your thoughts do perish. Now, that scripture, like I said, is in Psalms 146, 3 and 4. And I'll look that one up. Psalms 146. Big book. It's got lots of chapters in it. Psalms 146, verse 4. I'm going to back up here in three. This is about us, you know, like I said, researching everything yourself and don't trust anyone. <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't say it that way. Sorry. I'm, I'm reading what the Bible says. That That's why that come out. <laughs> sorry. What it says here in chapter 146, verse 3, do not put your trust in nobles, nor in the son of earthly man, to whom no salvation belongs. And number four says, his spirit goes out, 
he goes back to his ground, in that day his thoughts do perish. Now I know by reading this, I know what a lot of people will probably think, or I'm presuming a lot of people will think when it when it says his spirit goes out. Okay, um there's there's some 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 scripture somewhere that says when our spirit goes out it's like our life force okay it's like our last breath okay that goes back to god the remembrance of us like when we're like when Jesus resurrected them on, the the men on the earth, Lazarus, for example, Lazarus came back exactly as he was, you know, as Laz, Lazarus, his same memory, you know, his same personality, everything. That spirit goes back to God, the memory of us, because when we go in the ground, we are to the dust. Okay, we are dead. We're in a sleeping state, the Bible says, okay? Now, when it says his spirit goes out, okay, that's the active force that that is from God that keeps us alive, which makes us take our breath right now. That's that active force, you know what I mean? Like his Holy Spirit, like his active force, you know what I mean? Am I, am I making any sense? That goes back to God. See, we are going to stay in the tomb until Jesus resurrects us. It says in the Bible that Jesus says, all those in the memorial tombs will hear my voice and come out to a resurrection. There will be a resurrection, a great resurrection. Thousands and thousands in the new system here on the earth. See? Now, if that was a lie, okay, then Satan would be would be true. Satan would be you know, not a liar. All go to heaven or all go to hell. Satan would be true. When he said, no, you will not die. But since Satan is the liar, and the Bible says that in that day your thoughts do perish, and you know nothing, we do return to the dust until God calls us, if we're going to be called. You know, until Jesus does this major resurrection all our loved ones are awaiting in the, in the tombs in the dust in God's memory that spirit has gone back to God okay that that memory of us is not he, he hasn't forgotten us you know he hasn't forgotten any of our loved ones and uh, when Jesus says in this new system in this new order there will be a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous that kind of proves the hell theory is wrong because if the righteous and the unrighteous are going to be resurrected and that's what the Bible says then they're not in hell the unrighteous if they're, they're if, if they're not God-fearing and they're, they're still unrighteous they're still given an opportunity you know they're going to be given an opportunity or, or they're going to be judged okay there is going to be a great judgment day it's not going to be just one day though it's going to be that uh, that period of time that I was talking about, Janine, about the thousand-year reign here on the earth. In Revelations, it talks about the thousand-year reign. 
on the earth. And, and during that thousand years, this is when the resurrected ones will be resurrected. Pardon me, tripping over my tongue here. That's going to be somewhere in that time period during that thousand-year reign is when there's going to be a great resurrection. There's going to be a wonderful education system. We're going to clean up the earth. And at the end of that thousand years, we will have reached perfection. There will be some that that will fall out during that time period, some that decide that they do not want to follow God. They will not be allowed to stay and deter us. That's, like I say, that's another subject in itself. I'm getting off track here again. I, I do that often. Anyway, um, as far as death, you know, there's a lot of God's spirit returns to him. Okay, I'm reading, uh, Eric, what you're putting up here. Sorry, dear. Okay, let me back up here. I'm sorry. So I don't look at the board all the time because um, I get sidetracked too easy. So I have to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> and then read the board. <laughs> I can't do both. I'm not good at that. Okay, I want to back up here, Eric, and read what you've been saying, because it's important to me. If you love me, obey my commandments. Adam had a choice, yes. But loved Eve so much, he disobeyed God for her sake. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Those women will do it to you. <laughs> No different than the rich man in Abram's bosom who asked for Lazarus to go to his brother and tell. They have the law of Moses. Yeah, what you said right there, Eric, with uh, Abraham's bosom and Lazarus, yeah, I was reading that a little while ago. That is a hard scripture to explain to people. And the only way that I could explain that, like it says, please have Lazarus um, or Abraham. See, I don't even know which is which one it was. Please have him uh, put out this fire with with a little bit of water from the tip of his finger. You know, it, it almost sounded like he was being in, in he was in hell, being tormented. And that's exactly how it looked, and it sounds. You know, when you read that scripture. And um, so that that's that's one that can you know make people believe and think that yeah there there could be a fiery hell because Abraham or Lazarus um, was being tormented, and I'll have to go back to that one if I can remember where it was, and and read that over more and read the whole chapter over more too you know, and uh, but. What I want to do here is is give you an overall of the scriptures that I can that that will show you what the Bible says about death. You know, um, there's the odd one in 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 the Bible that is ones that men and women have used that they believe that proves that there's a hell, a fiery torment in place. You know, but all these other scriptures that I'm trying to show you, to me, in my eyes, says no, it's not. God wouldn't do that. God's not like that. Neither would we take our children and torment them forever for something they've done wrong. Especially when, you know, basically it, in the beginning it wasn't their fault. They were misled. Okay, and we do have a choice, I know. But God is not that kind of God. As um, uh, we we read in some 
scriptures on uh, what kind of place is hell. Um, back in the Bible times, they used to, there was a pit that men and women used to sacrifice their children. And I mean, they're still doing it today. They still will sacrifice their children. I mean, there's all these these groups that really believe that what they're doing is, is right. And yet in the Bible times, they did that too. And God says, that thought would not even come up into my heart. They, they, were, they were doing that back then. They were sacrificing their children in this fiery pit. And, and this is where people, they, they get this information from the Bible, and they think, okay, yeah, they're, they're tormented forever and ever in this fiery pit. But we know with fire, when something goes into fire, it's ex- extinguished. It's gone. Like it's ashes. Okay? So this is here. We go again with Satan. Now remember, he's the ruler of this system, and, and he's misleading us. Many, many, many different religions teach that uh, we go to hell and we're tormented forever and ever and ever. And yet we're, we're looking at scriptures here that says, when you're dead, you return to dust. When you're dead, you have no thoughts. Uh, your thoughts do perish. So we got to, you know, go through these scriptures a, a lot more and say, okay, well, you know, God said in that day that you do this, you will die. And uh, nowhere in Genesis did he ever tell Adam and Eve that they were going to be tormented forever and ever and ever in a fiery hell. You know, so um, I'm just looking at a scripture here in Revelations chapter 16 and verse 3 that says every living soul died. And that included animals and uh, humans. Since animals are souls, and human beings are souls, they, they became a living soul when when God breathed into Adam. It said in Genesis that he became a living soul. So it's like a living shell, a living body, you know. It's not something that leaves you and goes away somewhere. Like they, they we've been led to believe that, like it says here, that a soul will die. Our body itself, you know, will die. And... um in Psalms 22, chapter 29, it says no one will ever preserve his own soul alive. The soul that is sinning, it itself will die. Okay? And then we've read the scriptures where it says that that uh, when we die, we know nothing. Okay, We're not being tortured. We're awaiting, you know, we're waiting for God's system to come, God's new order. That's what we're waiting for. And um, I got sidetracked again, Eric. I was um, reading your posts, and then I got babbling again. (laughs) Okay, we all get new bodies. The righteous are covered in the blood. The unrighteous go to the lake of sulfur. No one dies. No one dies is where you go. He speaks about the judgment always. No one dies. It's where you go, Eric. You're saying, okay, okay. You know what I would say, Eric. When it, this is what I would ask you, okay. Now, since we're trying to um, use the the scriptures here from the Bible, 
you're saying, no one dies, it's where you go. Now, remember in the beginning, God said to Adam and Eve, in that day that you disobey me, you will die. And you will return to the dust that you were made from. Okay? They were made from the dust of the ground. And God says, you will return to the dust. He never said that you will go anywhere else. So what I would say, um, Eric, show me a scripture that why you think that when we die, we're going somewhere else. Okay, What we need to do here, if that's the truth, what we need to do here is get a few scriptures together, and this is what I'm trying to do, get a few scriptures together to to show you what I've learned and what I believe. And you need to get a few scriptures, and you show me, you know, not not as a controversy, not as a debate or anything else, but just as let's use the scriptures. This is what we've been led to believe, that we don't die. Like, like this is what Satan is trying to mislead us to believe, that no, you won't die. God, like, when God said to you, don't eat from that, that tree, or in that day that you do, you will die. Well, Satan come right along and says, basically call God a liar. Called God a liar. He says, God knows that in that day that you eat from that, you will know good and bad, and you will become like God, and you will not die. That scripture's right, right in there. I'm sure everybody's, just don't know where it is right off. He says, you will not die. He lied to them. And he still wants to believe that. So who are you going to believe? Like, are you going to believe the statement from Satan? Satan says, you will not die. And yet God says, you will. <laughs> you know? And like the scripture I just got done reading, it says his spirit goes out, he goes back to his ground. In that day, his thoughts do perish. It's very simple. I'm looking for the one where um, Satan misled them. Misled them. Yeah, here it is. In uh, Genesis chapter 3, first book of the Bible, maybe I'll... Uh, I don't know how much to read. I really don't want to go on too long tonight. Uh, I'll read it kind of, you know, it's important, so I'll read it. Uh, Chapter 3, right from the beginning. Now the serpent proved to be most cautious of all the wild beasts of the field that Jehovah God had made. So it began to say to the woman, Is it really so that God said you must not eat from every tree of the garden? At this the woman said to the serpent, Of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But as for the eating of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, God says, You must not eat from it. No, you must not touch it, that you do not die. At this the serpent said to the woman, You positively will not die. Okay. Now, right there, what the first thing I think about: Who am I going to believe? 
that God has said you must not eat from it. You must not touch it, that you do not die. And the serpent, Satan in disguise, however he was in disguise, says you positively will not die. So what's the definition of death? You know, um, all through the scriptures, we've uh, read a few of them that say that you're in a sleeping state, you know nothing. Uh, When Jesus walked on the earth and um, when he was going to resurrect Lazarus, he told his disciples, I must go to Lazarus and awaken him. He is sleeping. And his disciples, you know, couldn't they they didn't understand what the urgency was and he said well if he's just sleeping you know or you know he's not well or something he'll get well he'll be he'll be fine you know like basically what's what's the rush what's the hurry and then so jesus had to come out and tell him he says lazarus has died then they really understood you know in their terms you know they understood death from sleeping but Jesus used the illustration of sleeping because to him, that's that's the state Lazarus was in. That's the state we are when we're dead. In God's eyes, you see, we're sleeping, we're resting. We're awaiting a resurrection. Okay, we're not being tormented, we're not. So then uh, Jesus resurrected them. Now if, okay, let's look at it this way. If Lazarus, for example... Jesus resurrected Lazarus, right? If Lazarus was gone somewhere else, okay, if Lazarus was alive and gone off into heaven or gone off into hell, then Jesus wouldn't need to resurrect him unless he was just bringing him back as a human being. But Jesus never said that he was somewhere else. Never, never, you know, does Jesus ever say that anybody's gone somewhere else and he's bringing them back from there. Uh, the Bible states that um, those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out. Those that are dead in the ground return to to dust will hear him, and they will be resurrected. It's like magic. That's a wrong word to use. I don't like using that word. Pardon me. But, you know, just like a caterpillar changed into a butterfly the same it'll be with with god and with jesus you know the resurrection it says all those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out and the bible doesn't say that they are you know gone anywhere else i know there are a few scriptures that that make things a little confusing like this one here that you put up there Eric, that was a good one right there uh, about abram and uh, Lazarus, I, I want to study that a bit more. There's more meaning to that. There's something more to that, and I don't know what it is, but that's I found that really interesting because it had more. It had it, there's there's more meaning to it. There's something there. There's something there that I I want to study. Yeah, I'm just looking at the the one here where it says our friend Lazarus has gone to rest, but I am journeying there to waken him from sleep. However, his disciples said to him, Lord, if he has gone to rest, well, he'll get well. And Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Okay. And then uh, when Jesus got there to Lazarus, you know, they pulled away the stone because he had been in there four days. You know, they said, oh, you know, he's... They, they take the stone away and they said to him, Martha said to him, uh, 
Jesus, he's been dead for four days. You know, it's going to smell. But he was. they were told him to move the stone. They moved the stone, and Jesus said, Lazarus, come on out. And he did. He came out still wrapped up in his grave cloths and everything, and they said, let him loose, let him go. Like, wow, can you imagine? So if it, during those four days, you know, Jesus didn't say anything about uh, Lazarus being in heaven. Or whether in Lazarus didn't come back and say, oh, I was in heaven. There was no mention of that in the Bible anyway. So, you know, he just, there, was, there was no talk about that, you know, in, in the Bible saying where Lazarus said that he was. Nothing, you know what I mean? So, uh, like we've read, you know, in Ecclesiastes 95, it says the, the dead are conscious of nothing. Okay? And that's, to me, pretty simple, pretty easy to understand. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5. The dead are conscious of nothing at all. Um, I'm just wondering how to wrap this up, my friends. Thank you. I just want to read a little little bit that I've at at the end of a, a chapter that I was reading. When a person is in a very deep sleep, he remembers nothing. It is similar with the dead. They have no feelings at all. They no longer exist. But in God's due time, when the dead who are ransomed by God will be raised to life, surely this knowledge will move us to want to win God's favor. If we do, even if we should die, we will be remembered by God and be brought back to life. And the two scriptures concerning that little paragraph is in John. John chapter 5, verse 28. Oh, well, there's a lot to read here, but I'm I'm going to try and not to get too far into it, my friends. Chapter 5. Dead to hear Jesus' voice. Okay. Most truly I say to you, the hour is coming, and it is now, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who have given heed will live. Now I'm sk- going down here for a reason. There's some particular ones I want to not waste, I don't know, well, it's never a waste of time, sorry, pardon me. In uh, verse 28, it says, Do not marvel at this, because the hour is coming in which all those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out. Those who did good things to a resurrection of life, those who practice vile things to a resurrection of judgment. And here's where I was talking about Jesus. He says, I cannot do a single thing out of my own initiative. Just as I hear, I judge. And judgment that I render is righteous because I seek not my will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus didn't do anything. Um, He was a slave for his father. You know, he 
I only do what my father wants me to do. But anyway, um, talking about, you know, those in the memorial tomb will hear his voice and come out in God's due time. You see, he's not going to torture people and then turn around and resurrect them and then they're going to come back to us and say, oh, I've been in heaven, but God's brought me back to the earth. Or I've been in hell and God's brought me back to the earth. You know what I mean? Um, It says the dead know nothing. They're in a sleeping state. They are not aware of anything. So this is another another way of Satan to mislead us, you know, to believe that God, you know, just, just to mislead us, you know, to think that God would torture us forever and ever and ever, you know, just totally doesn't make sense. God is a God of love, you know, and then all through the, the Bible here talks about God being a God of love. And that, he, you know, there is no fiery hell. That's Satan again. And many, many, many are misled. You know, and yet you ask somebody if they say, oh, well, hell is a fiery torment. You know, bring the scriptures, bring the scriptures, you know, to us here on the group. And let's look them up. You know, next time somebody says, yes, there is a fiery tormenting place called hell. Say, well, show me the scriptures. You know, I want to share them with my friends, and let's find out. Anyway, friends, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. This is a, a blessing for me. You know, very inspiring for me to be able to talk with you. And like I say, I don't know anything, so just take these scriptures. And um, sorry, I got to get my glasses on here, Eric. All must die to live again, just like a seed must die. No, no, I don't believe that, Eric. Uh, Romans, you want me to look up Romans? Okay, Romans six and four. Not literally, anyway. I don't believe that, Eric. But Romans, um, one six. Or I'll read that, I guess, if you want me to. Or did you want me to, or is that one that we read? No. Romans 6 and 4, Therefore we were buried with him through our baptism into his death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we also should likewise walk in a newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall certainly become united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Because we know that our old personality was impaled with him, that our sinful body might be made inactive, and we should no longer go on being slaves to sin. For he who has died has been acquitted from his sins. That's interesting. That is really nice. Memorial tombs. I'm just... Oh, Janine. Okay, I'm just trying to look at the board here, friends. That That is a real nice scripture. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm not sure exactly how, you know, uh, what to say to it. It's, it's very 
very good. Therefore, we were buried with him through our baptism into his death. In order that just as Christ was raised up from the dead to the glory of our Father, we also should likewise walk in a newness of life. That we become united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall certainly become united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. That's beautiful. Yeah, that just goes to show how how we we do have to to change, you know, and um, change our whole life over, you know, that our death will be, you know, like like Christ's death and our resurrection will be like his too. Um, Change personalities and stuff. I'd have to read this over more and be sure of what I'm saying, but I'm so I'm... Because we know that our old personality was impaled with him, that our sinful body might be made inactive, that we should no longer go on being slaves to sin. Yeah, by putting on a new personality, putting on the fruits of the Spirit, we've got to kill this sinful body sort of, sort of thing, so to speak. But we can't do it alone. We have to. We have to have God, you know, to to rid our body of this disease. So we will never become perfect in this system. But um, we will thank God for Christ. Thank God that Jesus, you know, Jesus was uh, had a freedom of choice too. He could have went any direction he wanted to, but he didn't. He didn't. He followed through everything just the way God asked him to, and he did it. And he did it for us. It just showed a love for us that he had for us. So we know that he's going to be a wonderful king because he loved us right right to this sacrifice, the sacrifice to give us back um, an opportunity, you know, for God to forgive us and to save us because we were doomed to die. And God didn't have to. He could just say, well, I told them. In that day, they do that, they die, and that's it. That's the end of it. New plan. He could have, but he didn't. So he's, he's given us some hope. And um, it's, it's, it's wow. It's just, Beautiful. Anyway, um, so, Eric, I'm just reading here. So, Sonia, you were just saying it is okay to do evil in the sight of God? No. No, no. 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 Like, we're going to make mistakes. We can't help sometimes what comes into our mind. We're living in a in a, a body and a mind and have a heart. I mean, we're living in a a shell that has got a serious defect, okay? We inherited sin from our parents, so we can't help. We've got this disease, you see, Eric. No, we can't do. We're, we're, we're not supposed to be doing evil, but we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to sin. We're going we're gonna to do evil, you know? But thank God we can say, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, please forgive me. I didn't, you know, I I don't want to ever do that again. And we're going to trip and fall flat in our face. Every day we're going to sin. Every day we're going to make mistakes. And that's why, you know, we can be thankful that God has given us prayer. and And he will forgive us. And he says, when I forgive you, I forgive you. It's gone. It's over. I'll never remember it. It's deleted out of his mind. And uh, But we definitely don't do anything intentionally. You know, so no, it's not okay to, to sin just in front of God. 
No, of course not. Um, you say there is no hell. Well, no. What what is hell? I'm not. I'm saying there is no fiery, tormenting place. You know, this the hell. Um, I I'm really sorry, Eric. You know, this this was one more subject, and I'm not going to get into it tonight. But this was the, the last subject that we um, we talked about, just the most recent one in the last call. And I haven't even went back to listen to that call, but I, I think that call was, you know, I I was so burnt out. And my friend says to me, Sonny, you sound like you're on drugs. And my daughter even says to me after, Mom, you okay? I I'm so burnt out from all too many doing too many things. Um, anyway, it was on hell. Uh, what kind of place is hell, Eric? And um, so um, there are um, different words in the Bible that describe hell. Uh, there's the common grave. There's the pit. In Hebrew and Greek, uh, there's the words Sheol and Hades. So um, maybe next week we can we can go over that again, you know, the review of if you can understand anything in the last talk show, um, listen to it, Eric, if you like. It talks about hell and Hades and Sheol. And um, you know that hell is these three places. Hell, Sheol, Hades, the pit, the grave, the world of the dead. Uh, we went through different Bibles, uh, different um, translations. So hell is basically the common grave. Okay, that's what it is, and it's not a. Here we go again. We've been misled uh, through Satan, misleading people on the earth, and most people on the earth believe that we're going to heaven or we're going to hell. Hell is buried. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hell. Hell's the grave. Yes. When we're in hell, we're in the great. We're, we're in in a dead state. Dead. Remember death. We we talked about that and went through the scriptures. Hell is where we are when we're dead. It's in our grave. We're in a dead state. Yeah. And uh, I'm sorry, but um, we'll 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 continue to go. I'll finish up next week. We'll go through that again in more depth. Um, again, because like I say, my last, I know I was burnt right out my last show, and that was the subject, and I'd really like to go over the whole thing again. That would be really good. You know, i just make sure I get more rest. Torment for eternity is a life without God. Yeah. Exactly. Tormented forever and ever. Like, torment to us is, is one thing, but torment to God, and, and, and in the Bible terms, you know, is is not forever because the Bible clearly shows us that when we're dead, we're in a sleeping state. We know nothing. So when we're tormented forever, you know, as far as in, in the Bible terms, um, it's kind of different. I'll have to, when we talk about it next week, we'll go over that more. And thank you very much for um, for using that 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 term and that explanation here for us, because that's what I believe it is too. Is is life without God till the day of judgment? Yeah. 
because yeah, we as um, some others explained uh, last week, you know, being tormented, we can be tormented in our heart and our mind, you know, just being without God or being without someone we love is is a torment, you know. So it doesn't have to be, um, you know, like we're burning in a ha- in a fiery hell, like we're led to believe. Torment can mean a lot of other things, and uh, yeah, in the Bible. You know, there's there's talk about torment. Um, sleep till the day of judgment. After judgment, the real eternity begins. Yeah, so I, I agree with that. Yeah. Sleep till the day of judgment. Yeah. With or without God. Yes. Yeah, when we're in our tombs, awaiting the resurrection. Here's, yeah, that's another point, too. Like I say, if if we were going to heaven or to hell or somewhere, there wouldn't be any need for a resurrection. So why would Jesus die for us and be brought back to life by God, proving there will be a resurrection? You know, and when Jesus resurrected Lazarus, proving that, you know, if there was no need for resurrections, then God would be wasting his time with, with the concept of, quote, resurrection. Follow me? So why would he waste his time saying about resurrections and all that stuff if we're already gone somewhere? If we just go to heaven or if we just go to hell, there would be no need for a resurrection because we're already wherever we're supposed to go. Does that make sense? (laughs) I hope so. Anyway, my friends. Oh, hi, Leo. I, I'm just skimming up and down. I don't know how long you've been here, my friend. Like I say, I can't look at the chat board very, very much because I get, you know, me and get sidetracked just way too easy. And um, I'm just reading what you're saying here, Eric. The enlightened resurrection is a choice, or deathly resurrection. I don't follow you there, Eric. The enlightened resurrection is a choice. Well, I don't think we have a choice or a deathly resurrection. Well, as we read in the scriptures, it said there will be a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous. So there will be a resurrection of both. But see, there are some that there's not going to be a resurrection, you see. They're already doomed. Like, for example... Uh, Adam and Eve, okay. There was no, uh, there was no, there was no uh, sacrifice for their error because they were perfect. They chose to go against God, so there will not be a resurrection for them. And um, now I believe, okay, this is just my belief. Judas Iscariot that sinned against Jesus, that betrayed Jesus, I believe that there, you know, there wouldn't be a resurrection for him. Um, There may be a resurrection for judgment, I don't know. But maybe we can go over that a little bit more. I believe, I know, I'm sure I've read that there will be a resurrection of the righteous and the unrighteous. But it does say that there is an unforgivable sin when you sin against the Holy Spirit. That is an unforgivable 
sin. Like Adam and Eve, for example. There, There is no sacrifice. There is no ransom for them. Um, so there are some unforgivable sins. Because the Bible says there are. When you sin against the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know. I've actually was talking to my son about this. Why is that an unforgivable sin? You know, Janine, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, I don't understand that totally. I was actually speaking to my son about that a while back, and I need to do more study on that because I would like to know more on that too, and I really don't know. Um, How can you really sin against the Holy Spirit? And I can't, I I really can't answer that. I I, I don't know. All I know is with Adam and Eve, or all I believe, with Adam and Eve, there will be no resurrection for them. They they don't have, you know, you know, it's obvious. They, They were perfect. They went right against God deliberately, deliberately, right? Satan did the unparentable sin. Yeah, yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, Satan too. So that, I guess that's kind of like the the sin against the Holy Spirit, you know? Like that's that's like God's special, you know, his, his force, his power, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. I really don't. But we're all getting the gist of it. You know, for Satan to go right against God, you know, there is no for, there is no opportunity for him to be to be forgiven because he did it on purpose. You know, it'd be like someone coming up, you know, to you in, in your face and telling you right to your face, "I'm going to slap you in the face," and then slap you in the face. That deliberate. So I guess that's. The, to me, I, I'm just trying to think, that must be the sin against the Holy Spirit to actually slap it in the face, slap God in the face. You know, I'm just away from my board for a second, friends. So, you know, I've got lots to learn here too, so I haven't, you know, anything that you guys can come up with, I really appreciate too, because we can just keep growing, eh? Um, like I say next week, Eric, what we'll do is um, we'll go into that a little bit deeper because I, with hell, um, that's that covers a lot of different subjects because it covers, you know, uh, the resurrection, whether there's whether it makes sense for there to be a resurrection, um about, you know, whether we're being told the truth, about um, whether we're really in a dead state, like when Satan said, um, you will not die. Do we really go to heaven? Do we? So that, that one just on hell and, and you know, is, is, a very, is a very good subject. It covers a lot of things. I'm 
just trying to think if there's anything else that I can end off with. But I wasn't going to try to go over too much over two hours. I'm burning myself out. And uh, I don't want to overload you, friends. But uh, thanks, Janine, for your help. Excuse me, Sonia. It says here an unforgivable sin is described in Mark 3 and Matthew 12. These passages involve Jesus Christ repeated and widespread public defeat of Satan and his demons. Many readers and theologians have been confused about the true nature of this sin. As you read these verses for yourself, bear in mind part of the purpose of Jesus Christ's ministry was to directly confront darkness with the light of truth in a public battle of pure good versus pure evil the only being in the universe that is more powerful than the evil one is God. He is the only one with enough power to bind Satan himself and forcibly dispose and forcibly dispose of him. Hang on, I'm trying to see what 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 they're trying to say about it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's... Um, I'll just put it up, and probably for anybody who wants to read it, they can read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then paste it. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I, I suppose that's that, that, that's that's wonderful. I suppose it's like, you know, um, for many men and women on the earth, you know, like since Satan has misled many. And um, and the system, you know, that he's designed, he's designed to mislead us. Okay, there's many, many, many men and women in the world, for some reason or other, you know, will not believe in God and do not want to believe in God, you know, whether it be a death in their family or some harm that's come to them throughout this, this life. Um, they've decided they're not going to believe in God. They don't want nothing to do with God. They'll actually go right against God. They'll worship Satan. They'll worship Satan. You know, when, they, when they're into these, you know, this is another subject we're going to get into, is spiritism, um, uh, calling back the dead. You know, when the dead are dead and they're asleep, who are they calling back? Who really are they calling back? If the dead are dead and they know nothing, their thoughts do perish. Who are they calling back? Well, Satan's misleading people, believing them, or making making us believe that that... The dead are alive. They're, they're alive. They're talking to us. No, it's not a Satan. Satan knows us. Satan knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows how we work. He knows how we tick. He knows how God works. He knows how God ticks to a degree. To a degree. Okay? So Satan's misleading us all over the place. And there's many men and women, unfortunately, in the world that go right against God and say, I'm not having anything to do with God. I, I don't. I don't care for him. I don't love him. I'm I'm going to worship Satan. So to me, to the best of my understanding, in my heart, I would think that those ones that directly go against God and choose to go against God like Adam and Eve and Satan has, those are the ones that are sinning against God and his spirit, his Holy Spirit. That's what I think. That's just my way of explaining what I see. What do you think? You know, does that make sense to use to, you know, to, 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 to say I am not following God and deliberately go against him? That would be going against his Holy Spirit. That would be sinning against him 
his Holy Spirit against Jesus, against us all. You know, that's my way of explaining what I feel. That's what I feel in my own heart. So if if you and I, all of us, decided that, okay, now that we've gotten to know God and we choose not to serve him, we've deliberately went against him. Deliberately. So this, this is... This has helped me a lot, friends. This has helped me, um, you know, as far as the Holy Spirit goes, and sinning against the Holy Spirit. This has made me see things in a in a different perspective. Um, it's helped me greatly. That's the way I see it. I'm just going to read here what Eric's saying. Um, evildoers will pay for their disobedience to God and all who do evil to his brother. Yeah. Okay, I'm... I'm going back here, Eric. I see lake of fire. Okay, evildoers will spend eternity in the lake of fire. Yes. Yes. And that word, lake of fire, um, we covered that, Eric, a little bit in our in the last show, and what the lake of fire meant. And in Revelations, I know in Revelations, it talks about the lake of fire. And in Revelations, it does say, that the lake of fire means, and it's got the word means, the second death. So the second death means there's no return. Okay, The lake of fire means, quote, the second death. I wonder if I can find that. That's, that's a good point you brought up, Eric, there, because that's one of the, one of the, the terms, or one of, yeah, one of the, the groups of words that mislead lead people to believe that we are going to be tormented in a lake of fire. They take that literally. Let me see if we can find that. Um, I'm going to look in Revelations. I know that's where it is. The last book in the Bible. And the last book of the Bible is, is really deep for me. Um, there's so many terms in there that are symbolic because it'll talk about the the beast with the ten horns and and you know all these type of things and we we know there's you know we haven't seen any beast with ten horns but it, it talks like that revelations is really symbolic now what am i looking for the lake of fire uh revelation 20 verse 14 thank you janine my lifesaver. 20 and 14. Um, yeah, talking about resurrections, what the resurrections mean. Even in here in, in uh, Janine chapter 20, it talks about the thousand-year reign. Uh, Janine in verse 5, it says the rest of... Yeah, it says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Okay, and then it talks a little further down in verse six, and but with the group that is going to heaven, that they will rule as priests of God and of Christ, and they will rule as kings with Him for a thousand years. Okay, like I say, we're getting into another subject. Okay, I yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> It's so easy for us to do. It's so cool. I love it. (laughs) 
I just love it. But I don't want to confuse people. This is why I, I try and just stick to some certain subjects instead of getting, because, you know, this is what's going to happen. Everybody's going to be leaving thinking, okay, a thousand years, what's going to happen after that? So everybody's going to want to know. And uh, it's it's so exciting. But we will reach perfection during that thousand-year reign, you see. This is the cool part. And it's going to take us that long to reach perfection. Because God, like I said, he, when he plants a seed, it doesn't become a mature plant or a mature being, as we will be, uh, until a specific time. And we will grow and we will learn. And, and God's not just going to, with the, you know, his magic, I've got to stop using that word. He's not just going to turn us into perfect beings instantly that we're going to know everything. He gives us time to grow just like he does with little animals and little babies and, and stuff. We need time to grow to get the, learn the meat of the word, not just the milk of the word, the meat of the word. So it's going to take a thousand years before we reach perfection. And then, you know, it's, there's going to be other things going on, you know, that the Bible tells us. You know, there'll be new scrolls opened, um, and we're going to have this beautiful earth that we can travel, you know, freely. Won't that be nice? Horse, buggy, walk, swim, whichever way we want to do it. We've got a beautiful earth to see. We've got lots to see, lots to do. And who knows what God's got in store for us. You know, we only know what the Bible tells us. We have no idea what's happening after after that. But we can be, we can rest assured that it's, it's going to be wonderful. And, um, anyway, I got sidetracked again. I was... I'll go back to the lake of fire here that Eric was talking about. Um, I found it here because I've got it highlighted. Okay. Remember we were talking about, okay, Eric, we're getting into next week's show, uh, talking about hell again, okay? But anyway, uh, Revelation 20 that you found, Janine, thank you. In verse 14, it says, And death and Hades were hurled into the lake of fire. This means the second death, the lake of fire. Furthermore, whoever was not found written in the book of life was hurled into the lake of fire. That's a real good scripture, Eric. Thank you. Let's thank you for that, because that, that, that really says it all to me. Okay, first of all, it says, and death and Hades. Okay, Hades is um, is the same word for hell, the grave. So death and the grave were hurtled into the lake of fire. And it says this means the second death. Okay, the lake of fire. And whoever was not found written in the book of life would be thrown into the lake of fire, which means uh, total destruction, lake of fire. When it's burnt up, it's to ashes, it's gone, it's totally gone. So death, death is going to be thrown into this lake of fire. There will be no more death. We will live forever. We have the opportunity to live forever. So even death is going to be destroyed. That's what it's saying here. Okay, but many, many believe that the lake of fire means tormented forever and ever and ever. See? 
I hear a noise that sounds like a UFO. Yeah, it's a, it's a boat that's parked across the road, and they're actually... got a whole group of people all together and they sat down and discussed what what parts are going to go in the Bible, what's going to be left out of the Bible. And that's how the Bible comes to be. And it's, it's actually history. Yeah, okay, I'll have to research that more, Janine, but no, I, don't, I didn't know that. Yeah, Roman Emperor Constantine. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard hmm. of that. I don't know a lot about history. Um, even the the history in the Bible, you know, I don't know a lot about. Um, I guess I've I've focused a lot on the the future, you know, um, the world now. Um, I I wish I knew more about the history. I wish I could get into it more. And and then I think even even when the Bible was written, it was written hundreds of years even after Jesus passed. Yeah. Well. So, I, yeah, true. And I remember when Jesus was, you know, in, in, by the scriptures now, like in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, when Jesus was alive, Jesus read, in, in the Bible it says here, that Jesus read from the book of Isaiah. Jesus was, wow. reading, Jesus was reading to the men and women from the scrolls of Isaiah. 
And he even said when uh, he even talked about Moses, he said, did not Moses tell you this? Did not Moses, you know, God's law? He talked about Moses' laws back then. So, you know, when when you say it was written by, you know, these, these other Constantine or whoever, um, you know, I would... I would have a tendency to believe, well, they would have to be inspired, would you think, by God? Because God will not allow men and women to mislead us. Well, they they would have got religious people of the time. And and only the religious people of the time pretty much knew how to write anyway. And then they had to be transcribed from Jewish text or whatever Mm -hmm. into English text. And the interpretations are different, you know. So a word, um, a, even a word um, that, um, you know, um, a, a word in their language could mean two or three things in our language. They may not have that particular wording in our English language, so they have to find a a word that is close to, you know, um and when Carl says, it leads you sort of close to, but it's not it, as in common law. It's close to, but is not. I think that's the same as the Bible. It's close to, but it's not. Because if you, if you, if you want to get near God, you talk to him. You don't need all these middle men. You, you talk to him in your heart. And then refer back to the Bible if you need a bit of... No, just not clear on that. I need a bit of more definition. So you do a bit of research and then you go away and pray about it and then yeah. talk to God about it. Yeah. And then if it's true, it'll resonate in your heart. Yeah. It'll resound in your heart and it'll be true. And that it's in, even to the Bible, in the Bible it says seek the, seek the truth. It doesn't say read the truth in the Bible, it says seek the truth. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. No, no, Jean, no, please. I'm waffling on here. That's that's great. That's great. No, that's great. Um, I I remember scriptures that say, search the scriptures daily. Yeah. Search, search the scriptures. Yeah. So we're just adding. Huh? We're, what we're doing is we're adding to to each other and learning from each other. Yeah. And then no, and I'm not trying to say that I know it all and I'm not trying to debate but um, you know I, oh, I, I, I we just read it didn't we we just read it before where, where Jesus said whole new scrolls will be unopened therefore new scrolls are going to be unopened this Bible is probably going to become obsolete yeah. because whole new scrolls are going to be opened so <laughs> tell you what give me the goosebumps yes <laughs> Well, true, because that revelations, revelations takes us into the new system to a degree, right? And that's where it says about the new scrolls that are going to be opened is in Revelations. And, uh, yeah, so it only takes, like, all through, and uh, Bug Size, thank you about the information there on Enoch. Yes, you're bringing back to my mind some memories and things about Enoch, too, yes. And thank you for that. But all through the Bible, like in Isaiah and things like that, it there's all sorts of scriptures and psalms and throughout the Bible that talks about the new system and so does Revelations, like you say. It talks about the new system and what's going to happen in the future. But 
And there, you know, like you say, Janine, there's going to, in Revelations, it says that there will be new scrolls opened. So that's that's what I meant when I was saying, like, there'll, it, there'll be a new education system. It'll be yeah. a, whole, a whole new system. Like, can you imagine living on the earth? And like, like we read earlier in the scriptures, we will look for the evil one, but he will not be there. Like, we're going to be kind of in shock for a while. You know, like we're going to wake up and realize, hey, we're in peace. We don't have we don't have to fear this anymore. We don't have to wake up in fear every day like we do nowadays. Like it's going to be just wow. And uh, yeah, there's going to have to be new scrolls open because we don't know how to live. We don't know how to take care of the earth. But we can't fix this mess. We God's got to do it through Jesus and the Son and. And the ones that are going to be running this government, this heavenly government, like we, we're definitely going to need them because we don't know how to clean up the earth. We don't know how to clean up the pollution. We don't know how to clean up the radiation. Absolutely. And Eric's got a good point here. He said that the Greek texts are still used today in the, tra- in, in the translating and is the most precious language in the world. And it says even Jesus read this from the Torah, from Greek text. Right. And I thought, wow, you know, uh, yeah, there was, you know, English is is not, uh, you know, wasn't wasn't the, you know, wasn't the language back then. There are many many languages older than older than English, like as Eric says, Greek. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. And so we know that that God would would make sure that we're giving uh, you know as close to information that He would allow us to have. You know, He would not like look at how they tried to destroy God's words. You know, and that's here we go with Satan again. You know, He would rather us not know. You know, they banned the Bible. The churches were the only ones that could have the Bible. You know, He's doing everything He can to to. Um, and not allow us to get to know God, you know, because he's just, like the Bible says, a roving lion waiting to devour us. He's like, like I said, like a, worse than any madman could ever be and uh, trying to mislead us so we can be reassured that God will, and like you say, Janine, through our hearts and prayer, and we're so, it's so wonderful to be able to have prayer, eh? to be able to speak to our, our creator and know that he's listening to us and hearing us and, and, and loves us and cares for us and will help us. We just don't understand everything, but and how and but we have and it's where the faith comes in. We have to trust him and, and keep trusting and keep fighting. We have a we have a war war against wicked spirits and, and authorities. I wish I could find that scripture. Do you remember us talking about that, Janine? Which one? Um, the one about we. You ha- it says you have a wrestling not against flesh and blood. But against the uh, the authorities, the governments, you have a wrestling against the authorities. You have a wrestling against the governments, um, against the wicked spirit forces of this system. You do not have a wrestling against flesh and blood, like it's not against you and I and each other. It's against, oh yeah. It's the against the wicked system, the forces, the wicked forces. Satan's like the wickedness in the air, you know. Yeah. 
principles of evil realm. Ephesians, yeah. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, wow. Wow. And we really need God to help us here, right? Because mm. we are like easy pickings, especially if we try to follow God and, and, you know. But, you know, I've heard people say, and, you know, we we got to remember this too, um, men and women of the world and, and Satan as it is, they look at us like we're weak because we're meek, but we're not. We 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 couldn't have a better bodyguard. We couldn't have a better um, helper, our God. And we are not weak. We have we have God as as our our armor. You know, like when we put on that suit of armor, you know, God's word and faith and and righteousness and um you know that's that's our suit of armor so and and yet you know we we do we do have a big fight that's for sure and we have to be on guard all the time that's uh yeah thanks for finding that scripture it helps to confirm that you know we we do have a a fight like it says against you know authorities of high places that includes satan and his demons yeah, and the suit of armor is in the um, it's Ephesians six thirteen. So it's the one just before that. Yeah, it's, uh, sorry, it's the one after that. Yeah, yeah. So, and then thirteen is therefore take up the full armor of God, so that you will be able to resist in the evil in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Thank you. So stand firm therefore having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Where are we? Yeah that's that's a real important one for for us to remember and um the, the armor of God and the fruits of the Spirit. We talked about it. I think those are two nice ones to to end up with. High places in the realm not seen. Principles of evil realm. Yes, Sarah, thank you. Thank you, Janine. Well, I think I'm going to call it a night, my friends. And Janine, I guess you'll just be starting your day again. How's the weather uh, over, over there on the other side of this beautiful world? It's sunny, sunny, and sunny. <laughs> we had a beautiful day too here. Our snow's finally pretty much gone. <laughs> wow. It'd be so cold though. It was beautiful today. We we there were people in shorts today. That was the first. So we're just starting to get our spring. Thank you, Eric, um, for all your your comments and stuff and, and um you've really uh helped pull things out and Janine you too help pull things out. We all learn from each other and, and uh, it's just so um, so uplifting, eh? You know, to learn these, these things and, and thank you so much for coming. It it uh, just wouldn't be the same without you, that's for sure. I do appreciate just coming very much and you are doing so much for me too. 
for sure. So I guess um, I'll let you go, and God willing, we'll see you on Mike's show tomorrow. And um, yeah, tomorrow's Monday, right? <laughs> Thanks for coming, everyone. I see Tadpole is in here, and I didn't even say hello to Tadpole. He's gone. He or she. Anyway, guests two and three, thank you. And Leo, thank you so much for coming. And Bug, thanks. Well, I guess uh, I guess I'll go. And like I say, I'm really trying to um, trying to to back off a little bit on on too much, and because I think I overloaded myself there. So the last couple of weeks, I've been really pushing hard to concentrate on what's important, really important. And because uh, I've been getting really burnt out, and I think it shows on my my Sunday evening shows. So I've just had to really cut myself back, and because uh, it doesn't take us much to get burnt out, and that's what Satan wants to do, eh? Is just be so overloaded with stuff that's not important. Yeah. Well, thanks, Janine. Thanks, Bug. Thanks. Oh, by the way, guest two is Isaiah. Um, uh, friends, Janine, Bug. Eric, um, Isaiah, thank you for popping in, sweetheart. I didn't know how long you were in here. Isaiah's my grandson. Oh, wow. What a lovely name. Isaiah's my grandson, (laughs) friends. And uh, Isaiah's my property that I'm working on. I don't know if he'll understand what I'm talking about, but I think he'll get the, the gist. He's almost 16. So, anyway, thank you, sweetheart, for coming. I'm going to shut the show down now. I don't know how long you've been here, but God bless you, sweetheart. Okay, I've talked him into coming. He's come to a couple of the last shows, Janine and and friends, so I'm hoping that we can uh, have a beer more often. Who knows? Maybe we'll get him into the common law talk shows. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. My, My... My children listen to it as well, especially the older one. So um, if I slip up and I just say, can you go do that? He goes, is that an order? Gets me every time. (laughs) Is that an order? He does. Every time I say, look, can you go and, you know, do the dishes in the sink? He'll say, is that an order? Then I'll require fair and just compensation. And I go, I I require you to go and wash the dishes in the sink. (laughs) That's sweet. So then then he'll go and do it. He'll go, Mum, I am teaching you to say the correct word. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's nice when you've got family working together on this, eh? Yeah, and he's he's like so switched on. So he, he, you know, and I slip up much because I'm just, you know, you're sort of settled in your way. Uh, and he he's switching me on to the correct word. Use the correct word. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a blessing. Oh, that's such a blessing. Mm. Well, Isaiah, I'll catch you on Facebook, sweetheart. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks again, Janine. Thank you, Sonia. Okay, bye, everyone. Bye, Sam. Thanks, thanks bye. for coming, Isaiah. Love you, darling. Bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.